We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could give this feeling. I wish I could give this feeling. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. By now, you know what we do here. We talk boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling, mixed with a little bit of hip-hop. I'm your host, Kel Dansby, and this week, Andreas Hale is sick. So if you see him, let him know I'm looking for him. We have no clue where he's at, but we're here with the great Ryan McKinnell from Yahoo Sports. Uh, if you're not familiar with his work, you're living under a rock. Check that out. <laughs> Do your Googles. He, this dude this dude wanted me to introduce myself, and then he introduces me and makes me feel inadequate. That was so nice of you, Kel. I appreciate that. Hey, and, yo, and, yo, Andreas is sick, right? He's not feeling well. But uh, I think he, he, he deserves some time off after that kick-ass column he wrote on Kendrick Lamar this week. Great column. Everyone picked it up. I, dude. Oh, man. Reading that, I was like, damn, he really... He put it on really blast, basically calling these bloggers fanboys, talking about, you know, how people are scared to say what they really feel and how people don't understand how to digest music. You know what I mean? Especially a piece like Kendrick's uh, to Butterfly. And he was right. That's what hurt. Like, a lot of people got in their feelings. Like uh, Andreas is hurt. always right, and you're always wrong, Kel. We that's what that's, that's, that's what right. I can deduce from following this show on social media. And I was the first guest on the corner as well. So I've I've been keeping tabs on what you've been saying, Mr. Dansby. <laughs> and uh, you've been spitting some straight blasphemy out here in these hip-hop, pro-wrestling, uh, MMA streets, my friend. Documentary 2.5, better than To Pimp a Butterfly. Yeah. But yep. uh, neither Meth here is also there. a huge problem in Las Vegas, folks. So... <laughs> I don't know if Kel's gotten a hold of it. I mean, listen, I, don't, I, I don't know. I don't know how you guys can still listen to this show after. I mean, if you're return listeners, I mean, I if you want, if you want, tweet us, and I'll, on the next time 
we do the show, I'll come in and I'll choke Kel for you. We'll do a choke Kel. It'll be like a dunk bucket. We'll raise funds or something for charity. <laughs> I won't choke you hard, dude. Yeah. Just like playful choking. Now the people love me, man. This yeah. is, I'm the people's champ on this show. <laughs> the people's champ. The people's champ on this show. I bet all delusional people have said something like that at one point or another in their they career. They just don't. I'm... I feel, for I feel for Andreas. I feel for On the new day. Yeah, I feel for Andreas. Yeah, Andreas isn't sick. You just need a break from you, man. <laughs> he was just like, you know what? I'm not going to call, call Big Mac. He'll do the show, man. He's got nothing better to <laughs> like, do. Like, I can't take He'll, he'll come on and tolerate you. In, in an episode, no less, where we are going to be discussing the top five greatest MCs of all time, which has me terrified that there might be a murder out here in Henderson, Nevada. Listen, my top five list isn't even controversial, believe yeah? it or not. Yeah, really? people are going to be like, I, oh, man. I like, find that. Oh, shit. Kel's talking, talking the truth, speaking that gospel right now. I find that incredibly hard to believe. Listen, until <laughs> I put, like, Max B in the top five or something. <laughs> Jada, um, Jada Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Jada. Okay, so Jada oh, spurned God. this whole top yeah. five Dead or Alive debate. His top five Dead or Alive album comes out on Friday. Um, and a lot of people were just talking, like, man, who's in your top five Dead or Alive? Jada feels as though he's in it. A lot of people have been putting <laughs> Jada in their top five. Whatever. It's one of those things you just speak it into existence. So people feel Jada is in their top five, and I'm like, okay. Like um, how, like, Kim Kardashian's a celebrity for anything other than, like... A sex tape? Fucking? Yeah, I mean, it's the world we live in. Yeah. It's the world we live in. So people put Jada in their top five. He is not in mine. So I figured we start off the show with our top five, dead or alive, Oh, hip-hop God. artists it's our five favorite so it's not the best lyricists it's not the best spitters of all time it's not the people who had the most reach in terms of popularity or album sales yeah or even cultural relevance it's not that it's everything that we like about an artist our top five usually i go first but since you are the guest i will let you go first i am gentlemanly well before we get started on this i want to preface this by saying i hate lists especially for something subjective as art. Um, and when you're talking about MCs, I still think the Holy Trinity rings true. I think Nas, Biggie, and Pac, by and large, are the three greatest MCs to ever touch a mic. For all different reasons, I'd say Big and Nas were a little bit similar. But this is our personal five MCs, and on our personal five MCs, I don't have them in my list. I have Nas on my list, and that's where we'll start. I, I'm not taking him off any list because Illmatic was just the dopest shit that's ever been made. And you take into account when that album was made. And, I, and honestly, I don't care what he did with the rest of his career. When he put out Uchiwali, I was I was indignant. <laughs> I lost my shit. No, I'm serious because that was at a time when everyone was at war. Like, it's like kind of how it is now. You got Kendrick, you got Lupe, you got guys out there spitting real shit. And then you got dudes out here I've never even heard of, like Fetty Wap and Drake. Like, yo, I don't really get what the fuck Drake is. Could you explain Drake to me before we get into this? Because, like, to me, Drake's just, like, a dude who's, like, like clean like my wife, like, a kid from Toronto, nice on the mic, fine, but what is he saying? What is he doing for hip-hop? To me, hip-hop's always been somewhat militant. It's always been something about, like, pulling nah, back, peeling Drake, back the onion and, like, you Drake, know what I mean? Showing, showing the world something special. And this dude's, what's he saying? Drake he's, you know, is, for all purposes, Nelly today. I, I, he okay, I he is the that. first person to break out from a particular area that isn't a power section. If we like, if this was college football, there's the power five. You're telling me Toronto power he's, Drake? He's Boise to State superstar. Okay. Yeah, he's Boise, Boise State, State, and that's huh? what makes him popular because he's off the grid. He's not in like 
New York. He wasn't repping Miami or Atlanta or L.A. Okay. He was from somewhere different, just like Nelly was when he exploded. Okay. Sands sans the blue field. Yeah, and he wasn't, you know, trying to be the most hardcore okay. rapper. Now you got, like, Trap Drake kind of. Uh, well, what that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, calls like, him dude, and it's like we don't believe you, but you can spit however you want to spit. Well, people he's like talented. To, people like to believe Rick Ross too that yeah. he wasn't. I and mean, hip hop, hip hop, hip hop. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's hip-hop's like what pro are, wrestling? Yeah, it really is. It is kind of, and that's interesting that you bring that up. And before we get too deep on this, I think it's important to get back to the list because, as you said, I didn't even know about this. I didn't even know why we had to talk about this. Um, I didn't even know about Jada Kiss's album. I mean, I'm a hip hop fan, but I'm a hip hop fan, like. Drake doesn't concern me like when Lupe, J. Cole, Kendrick, they're they're on some real shit. Even like ASAP Rocky, like his little rock star East Coast thing, his little LSD stuff, and like his kind of, he's got a little bit of mystique about him. I dig that kid, but by and large, hip hop's whack as shit right now. But that's <laughs> what you know was great about Nas in 1993 with Illmatic, and I mean just that album he puts in there for me to where I could never take him off a list like this. Uh, he was just so nice with it. He was just so ahead of his time, and the songs were so beautifully constructed. Like I got nothing. I got no one's got anything on that debut. No one's got anything on that. Best hip hop album yeah, ever, for sure. So just by that, large Nas is on my list. So Nas is one person on your list. You still got four slots. Yeah, we go. We're gonna do them all right now, or do you want to alternate? We can alternate. Is that in order? Is Nas number one? No. So no particular order. Do you want to? I don't know. I don't know how you want to do. Okay, this. we could do particular order. Oh my god. Let's start five. My, my number one, my number one favorite. Well, I just did Nas. We'll start Nas for me at five, which is right around where I put him. It's okay. my personal favorite, just off that one album. Because, like I said, when he released Uchi Wally, and like, I, and that was a point I was trying to make. It was kind of a war at hip hop. You had people uh, uh, that were making, you know, shiny suit music. You had Puffy doing his thing, and Mace was the biggest artist in the world, and Master P was riding on tanks and selling, <laughs> you know, No Limit shirts to, you know, cl- my classmates in Indiana <laughs> in 1998. It was wild. You know what I? I mean there was this there was this kind of split in the culture and then you had like raucous records and you had like most deaf and you had to and you had the roots and you had dead prez and you had all these people and, it, and tons of other people too i mean the west coast had shit going on that was just fun party music like the alcoholics and everything but there was a stark divide in what hip-hop and rap was at that time when when Nas released Uchi Wally. It was like when fucking uh, Q-Tip released uh, uh, Vibrant, Vibrant Thing. thing. And you're he had like, the girls shaking what? their ass in the video. Yeah, and you're just like, dude, you 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 killed us. You ripped our fucking heart out. And you know another one who did that? Jay-Z with like Money Ain't a Thing. Yeah, and he all rebounded. That, yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> he rebounded. He did okay. He but did no, survive. but at that time, I'm just, you know, taking the listeners back. It was a war, and it is similar to like it is now. You got a bunch of people listening to shit. And then you have a bunch of people with their hands up in the air, kind of like, what is going on with this culture that we love? Yeah, um, Nas definitely, I mean, even now, he drops music that reminds you of Oh, well, his, re- his resurrection's been beautiful. Yeah, even with like, the ghost riding and whatever, he's what, been, it's been listen, sick. Listen, yeah. he, he can always take it back, and that's what I admire. Yep. He might not have the consistency yep. of other rappers, but when he wants to, you'd be like, oh. No, that that's Nas. Yep. <laughs> right, right I there. saw a dude in Vegas at the Boulevard Pool at the Cosmo last year around this time for his 20th anniversary of Illmatic. And yeah. he did the whole album. I interviewed him for that shit. Dude looked like he was 19 years old, performed like he was 19, <laughs> didn't miss a beat, show was live as hell. Man, Yo, I love people that People want to claim hip-hop Illuminati and shit. Yeah. Like, Nas is right <laughs> in there. He doesn't age. Like, him, Pharrell. Like, there's a certain amount of people who look exactly the same. Yeah, but what about Mario Lopez? He's got nothing to do with... Uh, Hip hop and he looks like fourteen. Yo, I don't, I don't know. There's something in Hollywood. There's something we, we know that there. we, we knew that. There. Okay, so you're so uh, your number five. Yeah, my number five, Eminem. Okay, five for me, uh, just because of late M 
it was just like, ah, oh, all right, man. Like I, I'm not into what he's turned into. And uh, wait, 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 wait. Him out. So you're saying you don't like the Eminem now? No, Eminem now is good. I mean, it's okay. I don't like his flow per se compared to what he originally did. Right now, he raps a little bit too fast, and his brain's moving on a thousand. Huh. So I think there's shades of great Eminem back, but he doesn't know how to slow down anymore. And that was one of my favorite flows of Eminem and what made him number five on my list. But, I mean, you can go back to early M, like Outsiders, sure. all that stuff, all the way through Slim Shady LP, through uh, Marshall Mathers LP, and then a little bit of Eminem show. And right there, that span puts him at number five. Yeah. And if he would have carried that on, he would have been way higher on my list. One of my biggest regrets, I didn't start going to t t Scribble Jam until 2003, like 2002, 2003. And I mean, I saw Idea, you know, I saw Atmosphere, I saw Sage Francis perform like in the nude in American Flag. I don't know, like shit was crazy and everything, but I always regretted not seeing him. I missed him by a few years and his whole... Uh, battle raps and we took to that's interesting you said now that you don't like him as much because i always and this i think is a pop more uh, a popular kind of opinion is when he started doing those voices and he started doing like the indian characters that was horrible all, well that was the worst shit ever yeah, that, that, that that's shit. that killed his i mean yeah he was drugged out and all that and he lost proof and all that but i mean it was bad i couldn't listen to it like the, even the eminem show honestly like Outside of Slim Shady, even Marshall Mathers LP, like I'll kill you and all those, so it just felt produced to me. Like I was of that battle rap, Irk, the the Raucous Records, and the the Sway and Tech. You know what I mean? This or that album. I mean, he was a monster. He was yeah. a monster, and no one could have ever thought to where he's ascended to. And you guys you get no complaints from me. Him sitting at number five. And, natural, he, and he, here's a cool natural thing. talent. And here's the thing. He's he, up there, and he could climb. Yeah. No, you know, he's five right now, but we don't yeah. know. I mean, he he got time. <laughs> he's nice. He's uh, not stopping. No, he he's definitely putting out a good amount of music, yep. and you know he's just into a different level of production now. He kind of likes the rock type beats and all that stuff. Yeah. But if he wants to take it back, and he wants to go like back to some, uh, you know, Kendrick Lamar, like take it back to my roots, acoustic yep. instruments, yep. live band type sound, yep. and he channels that. He may drop his best album yet. Who knows? You know, he's just got to get outside the show. But I agree, and it's interesting you brought up Kendrick, because that's the one I was gonna, I was kind of waiting for. Um, I was gonna have him at number five or number four, but kind of because I led with Nas and I didn't know we were doing out of order, I just go ahead and threw Nas in there. Kendrick was really gonna be my five, but Kendrick is my four, which I have no problem with. Um, and I'm gonna tell you why. I think a lot of people, you know, when you look at Kendrick and oh, he hasn't done this, he hasn't been around long enough. I mean, you could say that, yeah, but a lot of these, I mean, when you talk about Big and Pac, I think we all know they had a limited, you know, catalog to pull from. Definitely. And we got, you know, I always say this, and I've said it in private. I don't like putting it out there in public because it's just like kind of a morbid thing to say, but if Kendrick died tomorrow, he would go down as one of the greatest MCs. And that's not why I'm putting him on my list. And there's list. several people on that list that could have been For said sure. the same thing. Like For you sure. say about Ice Cube all time. Yeah. Like, well, on, Cube died at like 26. Yeah. He's the greatest rapper of all time. Yep. And I think that would have probably held true because of what he meant to a generation, specifically in, in NWA. Yeah. Um, but what Kendrick means now, and this goes back to the Drake and the Fetty Wap and what Rick Ross and just all this whack shit. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just the wackest shit. Like, I, I just sit back and I laugh and like people eat it up. Even like ASAP Ferguson stuff. Like, dude. I mean, it is what it is, but it's just sad. I mean, it's mindless. I mean, at least ASAP Rocky's out there, you know, kind of doing something different. Exactly. And talking about stuff. I mean, a lot of the themes on his new album are very, you know, anti-establishment, like, you know, free thinking and yep. kind of encouraging people to open their fucking eyes and ears and learn about what's going on in the world because 
you know, times are changing, but that's what's beautiful about Kendrick, getting back to Kendrick and why I have him at number four. Um, it can all be encapsulated in the, the Tabimba Butterfly album cover. I mean, to me, that's everything about Kendrick. He makes people uncomfortable. He doesn't give a fuck what you think. Um, he's going to promote dialogue. He's going to promote discussion. And the thing that I love about this kid more than anything, not a kid, the thing I love about this man more than anything is the time in which he's doing it. The yeah. songs that he's creating in the in the era that he's doing it, and it is so needed because this the spotlight is on these social issues. It's on police brutality. It's on about racial inequality, and people think this shit's over. It's not. It's not. There's there's I was just healing about that yeah. Mizzou shit last yeah. night, and like just the craziness. Like yo, you just let KKK people on the campus screaming at well, minorities and shit. And like, I, and I are have we an, in 2015. What's going on? I can speak from perspective. I grew up in Mishawaka, Indiana. For those who don't know, it's Northwest Indiana. Town Osceola is about 10 minutes away. It's a lower, you know, income type area. Uh, the Grand Dragon of the Clan lived there, and they had regular Clan rallies. Now I can tell you by being a citizen. And having to kind of put up with this shit. What, here's the way that affected us in two ways. One, you went to the kid, you went to school with the kids. So there were kids that you knew that their parents were racist as shit. They were doing hangmen like drawings on their folders. You know what I mean in school, and it was black dudes and like kill. You know, that's and I, some crazy N-word. shit. Oh, it's wild, right? But it was it was to us. It was just, you know, to hip. I mean, we were raised to pro wrestling, hip hop. And Andreas and I, and we talk about this all the time. It's a bonding, unifying type thing. It puts us on an even playing field. People think that shit doesn't matter. I am here to tell you it matters more than anyone could ever possibly know. Those common ground type things. Anyway, getting back to it. Yeah, we just laughed. It was just like, look at these rednecks, dude. Like, you know what I mean? But even then, there was still kind of the, you didn't realize that even if you weren't racist, you still sometimes caught yourself being racist and what i'm saying is that institutionalized racism that deep bred racism the racism that isn't even racism you don't even know you're a racist you see you probably see it all the time relatives or someone sharing something maybe not kel and some of our listeners i mean it's more white america if we're just being honest but they share shit and they don't even know it's racist now listen to me i grew uh, up in new york i see that shit all the time every other block is a different culture well there you go and people are like i mean i got i grew up around my puerto rican side and everything right but Yo, just the crazy talk from some uncles and all that, maybe about the Koreans or I about feel the you. Italians. I feel you, but there's that. only one crazy. white versus black. True. There's only one KKK, Emmett Till, beat the fuck out of you for looking at a white girl type racism. And that shit is born, bred, and controlled in America. And I didn't think I was racist, but I still use the N-word. You know what I mean? Well, guess what? You're fucking racist. If you, if you somehow justify it, and I, oh, it's just a word for black trash. No, man. It's not a word for black trash. It's, it's, it's your justification for being ignorant. And I didn't, you don't realize it until you are, ju- it's really hard to put into words. But that's what's beautiful about Kendrick is he's exposing that shit. He's forcing a dialogue. He's forcing people to look inward and to ask, why are people so upset? Why is he so militant? And he's not afraid to take it in a direction that might be uncomfortable. So that's why I have him at number four in a very long-winded and open discussion. No, no, that's great, though. Um, Number four. So Kendrick's number four. My number four would have to be... uh, Nas would fit at my number four for all the reasons you said. Um, I'm a huge Nas fan. I think Illmatic's the best album, hip-hop album ever made. And definitely it's incredible to think he penned that at 1920. Yeah. It, it's just wildly It's like Prodigy. It's like yeah, Prodigy like, and Mob Deep when they wrote those songs. I don't I don't understand it. I don't know how you're that good at that young and can harness that and do something so different than what everyone else is doing. Rhyme patterns, just 
the way that the beats were even created. There there was cadences in those beats that weren't done. They were jazz cadences that you shouldn't rhyme over. Right. It shouldn't be possible. And his flow fit perfectly. Shit was revolutionary. Ushered in a whole new era of hip hop. Yeah. Arguably. So um Nas is my number four because of that. So now we're at three. We're at three. Big pun. Nice. Big pun. And then <laughs> You know, with your background, I mean, being from where you're from. Best and flow I, ever, maybe? <laughs> yeah, I mean, for, you know, this is, and I kind of look at it the same way as, as another guy who just missed my list in, in Method Man. Um, hip-hop, to me, sometimes is just entertainment. Sometimes it's just delivery flow and, like, do you sound like a bad motherfucker on the mic? And Big <laughs> Pun sounded like a bad dude on the mic. He had the swag. Yo, and is a hefty dude myself. He put it down for all the hefty dudes out there, just like Biggie. No shame, you know what I mean? Out there without a shirt on, getting the ladies on him, you know what I mean? Like, you know, they, he just had a he had a spirit about him, and and he died way too soon. And uh, we're talking personal favorites here. I don't know, I don't know if this is like you know the nicest for whatever reason, but big puns on my list. Dude was uh, way ahead of his time, and it's in, and he passed too soon, unfortunately. Um, number three for me, I will have to go, and it's tough, man. Because we're talking personal favorites, and I'm in the same ilk of you as you. Um, the Trinity's there. Jay-Z, yeah, yeah. Biggie. No, no, I didn't say Nas. Jay-Z. I said Nas, Biggie, and Tupac. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, Pac would be off my Trinity. Jay-Z, yeah. Biggie, and Nas. And I, I put Pac so, on there more for a cultural yeah. relevance. The dude was, you know, <laughs> so a lot of the same reasons Kendrick That is. would be, like, my top, and you can't really argue that. But now we're talking personal favorites. So three for me, personal favorites, is Joe Budden. And oh my God. you could think, listen, you could think whatever you want about <laughs> Joe Budden, the man. How can you say Joe Budden when dude's whack 50% of the time? I mean, you he, said he's whack 50% he's, of the time? He's hit or miss. He is nowhere near hit or miss. Oh. Like, yo, Mood Music 2, 3, 4, 4 and a half. The OLS series is crazy. Who killed hip hop? Mm. All of mm. these tracks. He has the best mixtape series of all to, time. I need to call Andreas. He has the best mixtape series of all time. I'm out of, I'm out of my music. element. I'm getting, I'm getting upset. <laughs> but it's your personal favorite. Yeah, you know what I mean? Mood Music you is have, the yeah. best mixtape series of all time. I grew up in New York. I grew up on mixtapes. I was at the barbershop every you know two weeks when someone dropped a new mixtape. I Damn. saw Clue. I saw everyone. I used to pick them up from the little glass case in the front. I used to go to Four U Hats on Allerton Avenue in the Bronx and pick up mixtapes. And cop two fitteds every two weeks. And that was what I grew up on. And I can say, mixtape-wise, there was no better. I remember J Joe Budden in the triangle offense with him, Fab, and Paul Kane. And you're like, yo, he can also freestyle. So his freestyle capability, the depth in his lyrics, and I just appreciate someone being completely open. He's it, an open book. He doesn't that, hide anything. Hasn't that come along more in his recent career? In, honestly, in all honesty, I'm not... Too familiar outside of Budden about uh, his debut single, Turn It Up or whatever, yeah. back in the early millennium. And then, obviously, Slaughterhouse. And occasionally, when he drops stuff, I'll take a listen. But to me, it's un it's a lot of it's uninspiring. I probably haven't heard half those mixtapes you mentioned. Yeah, I mean, to, to me, he's been introspective from the start. Okay. And on his debut album, people hear Fire and Pump It Up. But there's 10 minutes. Yeah. It's a song on there. And he starts the song by smoking a cigarette. And he's like, yo... I'm going to smoke this cigarette to the end, to the filter, and it's going to take me 10 minutes, and I'm going to rhyme the whole time. And he does it. And he just tells you about everything in his life, his baby mama, his kid, the girls he was with. He was with, like, some stupid model back then. Okay. And, like, just everything. Everything's an open book. People are like, yo, you know, he hit this woman. He's done this. He does this drugs. Yes. And 
it's stupid now because people watch like couples therapy and love and hip hop. Be like, yo, I didn't know this about Joe Bunny. He's a horrible person. Like, yo, if you listen to his music, he's not revealing anything new. Everything he's ever done since he broke in in 2000 has been on yo, a wait, track. Are you saying that Joe Budden's on a show that he's on Love and Hip Hop? He is. Oh, my God. And on Couples Therapy. So you're, oh, fuck me. And so that's what I'm saying. On, if you separate that, uh, the hmm. person from the music, See, I don't his even music know this. Top this, this dude's, you're putting your top three MCs a reality TV show star? Correct. Fuck. I mean. Yo, I, it, it makes you feel a certain way. Like, the guy is a complete open book, and I don't think anyone ever has been as good as him in hip-hop of bearing their soul. And he he hides nothing. Everything is on the table. But don't people have to listen for that to be relevant? Yeah, I'm, I'm one of the people that listen and appreciate well, I know it. I'm going to do. see his concert well, next week in LA. I know, and a lot of people, <laughs> I mean, he's he's got a history. He's been around for what, like 15 years? Yeah, and there's just, a reason for it, that. I, I But I just, you never hear... No, you hear about he, the stupidness he does. Well, no, I just he just never gets brought up, and he's never inspired me in that way. Like I've never heard Joe Budden spit and been like, "Dude, that's a, a great all-time MC." Yeah, man, I'm he's just number three on my list. That's incredible. That's incredible. See, this is interesting because, and I don't mean this uh, snarky or anything like that. Now, and you did, you know what? You did this before we started the show. I was kind of salty on the game on you saying that about the game over to Pimp a Butterfly, and I've been off to. The, I mean, I think I. Listen to the game when he debuted, but to me, he'd fallen off the way of like 50 cents and job rules, like kind exactly. of irrelevancy. And now you kind of sold me on these new two releases that he did. So and you're selling me on Joe Bunn. now I'm thinking maybe I because you're 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 staunch about this. You know, yeah. you're dead set. You're like, this dude's dope. So now I'm like, OK, well, yeah, man. Um, I mean, if you listen to the Slaughterhouse stuff, too, there he speaks about everything it's well, kinda, listen it's to Slaughterhouse, and that's where may, I, maybe i think the whackness comes through yeah he doesn't some get of the, to be him <laughs> well i don't know what that means like that never stopped a good mc from being a good mc like he didn't get to be him what the fuck what does that mean well if you listen to joe budden songs um not to get like too far off subject but um good if you listen to joe budden songs he doesn't do 16s okay. and he'll say that in every interview like don't put him in a box i mean even on this last album that just came out, he has great songs. There's seven-minute songs. There's no hook. He is spitting for seven minutes straight. He is telling you everything he wants to tell you. That's Joe Budden. That's the core of Joe Budden. Black Cloud, um, Dear Diary. I could go on and on with the songs where he spits for eight minutes straight hmm. and just tells you everything going on in his life. Everything. Public service announcement. Sponsored by Kel Dancer. <laughs> so, no, seriously, yeah, man. I mean, I'm going to go and check more Joe Budden out, yeah, I guess. It, it is legit. Moon Music Series. Damn I'd it, say, Kel. Uh, two, three, and four. They're just incredible. And, yeah, that's why he's number three on my list. So, number two. Number two. Number two for me is Guru from Gangstar. Um, bald head slick. Just <laughs> uh, the dopest voice, I think, in the history of the of the genre. Yeah. I just I think when he picked up a mic, unmistakable. I mean, there's a lot of great voices in hip hop. I mentioned Him, Method Man Chuck earlier. D. Chuck D. Absolutely, Karis, Jada, Juan, that. Biggie. I would never put Jada Kiss in there. Jada's voice is unique. I don't know how you put a guy. I, he falls into the Joe Budden category. Like I, this is where we get into like I think that you're. I don't want to say you're too East Coast, but I don't want to say you're too much of a hip hop fan because that sounds stupid too. But like you are very deep into the music. 
Yeah. Like you love hip hop. I don't just love hip I love good hip hop, but I would never really put Jada Kiss and, and Joe Budden in that category. I unless could you're unless you're knocking it out of the park every time like Lupe, J. Cole, and Kendrick, I got no time for you. Like yeah. I got I mean I got I listen to all sorts of music. I'm a big heavy metal fan. Uh, I, shit, I like pop music. I like everything. I like everything that sounds pleasing to the ear, even eight-minute songs with no hook. It just depends on what it is, which you had me intrigued by Joe Budden. Um, but, yeah, the voice of, of Guru was unmistakable. But specifically, like, the later part of the career uh, and, and what Moment of Truth did for me personally. This is a personal list, right? Yeah. Right. Um, you know, Moment of Truth for me took me away from a lot of the, the whackness, just from a lot of the... Like a lot of the, because I was listening to a lot of the like Puff. I mean, I listened to, I was raised on Snoop and a lot of the early gangster rap stuff because that's what was just was popular. But that was my first exposure to hip hop. Um, they're like West Side Connection and stuff like that. Then a little bit of Jay Z, Puff Daddy, and all that stuff. But um, you know, Gangstar, Moment of Truth, that album specifically pointed me in the right direction. You know what I mean? Hearing guys like Freddie Fox. Um, hearing guys like solo, like, yeah, I listened to Wu-Tang, but Inspected Deck, I hadn't truly, you know, listened to as a solo. All this stuff that was on that album with Premier's production, it was just, uh, it was a masterpiece. You, and You asked me earlier, yeah. what makes Drake good? Yeah. He has that same type of aspect of, he's not on level of Guru and Premier necessarily, but Guru to me is at his best in Gangstar with Premier and everything. That combination is perfect. Right. They fit perfectly. Drake has 40 who does his production. Right. And he picks, obviously other producers will make beats. Yeah. 40 picks the beats. They structure the songs together. They, he drops this, you know, this part of the beat at this section. He tells them how to flow here. Do this with your chorus. Their chemistry is what has made Drake Drake. Okay, that's fine. But without what, but, forty, he's he's not that guy. But Guru is spitting shit. Like I mean, he was talking about. And he's the, not on Guru's level. I'm just saying right. that's the, that's why Drake is popular because he is part well, of I a know. tandem, and it's not mentioned. Well, I kind of figured why he's popular. I mean, he's pretty. He's really nice on the mic. He's got a great voice. I mean, he he's able to do these things where I can see he's popular. But like real hip hop heads back him. It's just like, dude, he's not doing anything with his. Uh, with the with his platform exactly with the attention that's on him and i just that's what i love about kendrick's what i love about other guys it's what i loved about lupe with the obama stuff i just i mean with great power comes great responsibility and when i see a dude who's like best known for like cursing athletes and taking a lint roller like you know courtside like i mean that's how i know drake like i got no interest in him because the dude isn't spitting anything that's relevant you're not improving the genre you're not talking to anyone of anything of note you're, not you're just out the culture you're just out there being dope which is fine but it's collecting checks but you're kind of soft you're not even like dope in the like in the mysterious way like an asap rocky but you know, i don't he's, know he's michael jordan i, I mean yes he's that's that crazy shit to say he's that like, yo, it's all about the money. I'm not going to jeopardize my I'm not going to jeopardize my media image to say something off the wall. Jordan never commented on social mm. issues, all this stuff. It's all about the money. Now you look at Damn. you look at Cal, Kendrick. You know, I think you're crazy a lot of the time, but that's some real shit. Oh, well, you look at Kendrick, yeah. Kendrick's Charles Barkley. Yeah. I'm a star and I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna yeah. say whatever I want. Damn. That's that's what it is. It's really so interesting. Drake Jordan, he's Charles Barkley. And I'm a diehard Bulls fan, right? 
but even even by the time like uh 93 rolled around i was still a kid i was 10 years old i was a huge charles fan i was the biggest charles barkley fan even with even back with the sixers <laughs> so when we played the Suns in 93, and I, being a diehard Bulls fan, it didn't matter. I was 10. I loved Charles. I loved Thunder, Dan Marley, KJ, that whole team. <laughs> loved that team. I cheered for the Phoenix Suns against the Chicago <laughs> Bulls, and I was legitimately upset with the, with the Suns' loss. And, you, you know, it, it makes sense. I guess I, you know, certain, you know, I guess that's always been there. You like to see people. I always respected Charles when he said, I'm not a role model. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's right. We come to find out later, he was right, right. for but, a very number of reasons. But he didn't fake it. Like, no, everyone else shouldn't be either yeah. like jordan had a gambling problem I he's probably an alcoholic that, i love that stuff. comparison he didn't fake it i love that comparison so, drake is jordan no compromise get that money <laughs> yeah that's it that he's here for the check so damn uh, i like it number two is guru on your list number yep. two on my list by the way you mentioned someone you had struggles leaving off your list yeah. royce the five nine was that guy for me yeah so he'd be like six in my favorite mc's list a uh, friend of the podcast been on our show before um probably be on our show again because the Cotto fight is coming huge up huge mma and boxing fan. yeah so uh, Royce was six on my list. I, he's I, just consistently gotten better. I don't get how none of these guys have classic albums. What Joe? But no, no one would know what Joe. Bar Budd exam, is. bar exam two. Bar Dude, exam no one three. knows those albums. I'm just saying. Tapes. I mean, d By whatever. No one knows them. Well, I it's don't, no Illmatic. It's no Ready to Die. It's no fucking. What are to, you? Straight out of Compton. To me, classic mixtapes. And I when I grew up, I know mixtapes were as. Big well, you're, as I will albums. say you're definitely speaking to a specific audience, and I do not want to yeah. discredit that because that is is definitely. A culture, a part of the culture, and honestly, that I need to admit that I wasn't that much a part of. My only experience with that mixtape culture is when I used to come to Vegas in like 98, 99 and go to the hiphopsite.com store and yeah. I get all sorts of different mixtapes and stuff. And then they you, had the vinyl and everything. You, exactly. But you were in the heart of the, of the whole culture. culture. Exactly. So when I moved out so here. So that's an interesting perspective. When I moved out here for high school, yeah. I used to go to the hip hop site uh mm -hmm. joint because that's the only place where i could get my old, old moose mcgillicuddy plaza yeah. <laughs> that's so crazy that that's... andreas for those that don't know andreas hale used to work there did he yep yep and oh we, we always talk about that it's like this binding thing like i was coming to the store we didn't even know each other a little 15 year old big mac rolled in there buying dj revised mixtapes <laughs> oh my god Yo, that's crazy probably all cross path like right a decade and a half so ago. you had trouble leaving royce off um, for i, I guess much of the same you like him the same reasons you like joe exactly Mixtape um, monster and what exactly not? but number two on my list is lupe fiasco oh i love it you know i lupe, love that. lupe's two on my list he doesn't miss mm. i mean mixtapes albums everything to me he is the most naturally gifted rapper mm. of all time mm. he'll <laughs> roll out of his sleep you throw a beat on and he will give you a gem he doesn't have to write when he does write it is articulate there is quadruple entendres the man is a machine <laughs> there's i can listen to lupe uh, Fahrenheit first and 15 mixtape that he dropped in 2004 and here's something new right now that I have to Google because I don't know it's historical relevance I probably I probably, I probably listen to mural a hundred times and I hear something new each time <laughs> they got me like jumping on the counter like oh my god did you hear what he did with Yo, that kid I crazy. mean Lupe I pens and needles yeah. off of that Fahrenheit first yeah. and 15 album is still one of my favorite songs to date and he doesn't let me down ever um, now see, that's so that's an important quality. That's an important quality. I'm getting a rib tattoo here in a couple months for the listeners to know. Uh, and I'm getting artwork from one of Lupe's album covers actually on my rib. So it's going to be the chick, the streets from the cool. If you listen to the album, that character is going to be on my ribs. It's that that's how much I just like the music and the message. Yeah. And it resonates with me. 
and he's number two on my list, man. Well, that, that guy never failed. And that dude's speaking to a uh, to a generation. The ears that are tuned. And they're in, scary. Well, like, he's scary. People are he's scared scary. of him. Well, he's scary. He's in the best, in the absolute best ways. Um, because I think, even this isn't a discredit to Kendrick, who I had at number four. Um, this dude's like a mortal technique, Lupe, I'm talking about. He is so well-schooled and so well-read that when you give him a platform, there isn't one hour, one minute, one second where he can't demolish you if you aren't on the side of logic and reason. The dude is a crusader. He, I'm, I'm in complete agreement. I'm glad you put him because I only got one more spot and it ain't going to Lupe, but I have no problem with you putting him at two because he's just, he's unbelievable. And like I said, the ears that are tuned into him, those are important ears because hopefully those are the ears that are going to shape our culture and our country for the next coming decades because... You know, you need that militant spirit. You need Hopefully the, he's not jaded. Well, I mean, he's become well, jaded, but not everyone, too jaded to stop producing music. Yeah, like Jon Stewart leaving The Daily Show. Or, and, and that's yeah. what happens. I mean, people fight a fight for decades, and they realize that you can't stop the machine, that there is no point in fighting, or at least I guess that's the, the realization they come to on some level. Or it just, you know, breaks them down so much that they have a little, a little episode or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But that's why I give so much respect to, like, the Chuck D's of the world. Guys that have stayed militant and stayed in your face and tried to use their platform for decades. For change. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And Lupe is a good, a great descendant of that. Who's your number one? My number one's Big L. My number oh. one's Big L. Um, and the entire, I mean, I'd love to put the entire Digging in the Crates crew in there. But uh, I, 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 I do admit, I, unfortunately, a good number of my people on my list have passed. Um and that's not I'd like to think that's not why they're on the list. I'd like to think they're just on the list. I mean, it's my personal favorites, but I am a sucker for nostalgia on some level, like you're a sucker for the next mixtape culture or whatever. Definitely. I, I have to be honest about that. And the what ifs with a lot of these guys kills me. Uh, the what ifs with Biggie is the biggest because of his relevance and how important he was and what he could have done. Like I, if, if I always see Jimi Hendrix and Biggie, if they would have lived doing some dope shit in like, you know, 1998 or something. I don't know. Anyway, um, no, I put Big L in there. I mean, Big L's on that same. Big L, man. Big L. I mean, he was. I think he kind of continued that. If Nas was like hip hop of the '90s, you know, one point A or A A, a hip hop of the '90s, A he was hip hop of the '90s, B. I mean, one A and one B. Um, he just kind of carried that illmatic, that dopeness, that just straight everything that encapsulated what's great about hip hop: the flash, the style, the knowledge, the ability. The virtuosity, just like everything that you want to see in an MC that dude had. And you want to talk about, like, he was right on the verge of blowing the fuck up when he right got there. killed. Yep. Right there. He was the next super. And that's why you hear about Big L so much. You know what I mean? And I'm sure he would have disappointed me with an album or two, like Jay-Z and Nas, whatever leads to their Uchiwali or Money Ain't a Thing. But I would have loved to have seen him have the chance. Exactly. So, and, you know uh, what? Listen, yeah. my thing is, if Cameron blew up and had a run... Big L would have had a run for 10 years. Yeah, there you go. Cam just <laughs> took that, yo, I want to be flashy, I want to be Harlem, all yeah. that stuff, and ran with it. But that was Big L times a thousand. Big L, yeah, Big L was hard. He had better skills. Like, but he would have been Cameron was like, like a semi-soft mace. Like, he was a, a little bit harder version of mace, as far as I was concerned. Yeah. Like, I mean, he never but resonated with me. I but feel B like they wanted someone from Harlem. Yeah. And Big L was supposed to be that guy. Yeah. And he could have blew up and had that same mainstream kind of yeah. niche for a second. There's a great um, YouTube video. Listeners should, if, if, you get, if you get some time here in the next week or whatever, just put it on your to-do list. A big L live performance. I want to say Norway. 
it's on YouTube. It's an entire set, but it's like 50 minutes long and it's really good quality. You should go back and listen to that. And you know what? Listen to OC. You know what I mean? Listen to the whole Diggin' in the Crates crew. This is, if you haven't heard of Diggin' in the Crates and Big L, they're not, he, Big L is not number one on my list for no reason. You know what I mean? I'm looking at my vinyl wall and everything from, you know what I mean, Nas to Wu-Tang to Sway and Tech compilations, even Big Pun, Capital Punishment, all this stuff. I mean, it's, it's all dope, but there was only one Big L. And he, he, he had that East Coast shit unlocked too. It's weird because you're number one. And I'm okay with admitting this. My number one wouldn't be my number one if your number one didn't die. Yeah. And Jay-Z is my number one. Yeah. Hova is number one for me just because, I mean, reasonable doubt still resonates mm. with me. His What's flow that? pattern, his rhymes and stuff back then were so ill. And he was older than all these guys, older than Big, older than Big L, but got his break later. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because, you know, he did the drug stuff and he tried to do other things and just had a late jump on things. Trying and to make good B-movies like Streets is Watching. <laughs> Yo, I love Streets <laughs> is Watching. Um, so, like, to me, first time I heard Jay-Z was on a Big L Hot 97 freestyle where he just, Jay went up there with Big L and his Big L spot. And it's then a Big famous L was freestyle, like, right? Yeah, like, yo, here goes my man Jay and he came on, jigging at A, jigging at Digger J, Jigger A, Jigger Y. Like he came in and it was just like, yo, who is this guy? And from there on, man, he had me hooked. And it's great to see the evolution of Jay Z. Um, even now, I, I think he's still consistent enough that he's relevant. And people say, oh, Jay Z's whack, he's falling off. Compared to his old self, maybe. Mm. But he's chasing himself. Yeah, I like his new shit a whole lot more than I like that little midlife crisis of the money and a thing. And even like uh, um, Big Pimpin'. I wasn't a fan of Big Pimpin'. Just that uh, whole, to me, that wasn't, like I said, there was a war going on at that time. Volume 1 wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, volume 2 was a little better. There you go. But, but at least you're on it. I was, I was yeah. to a diehard Jay fan. I'm really no, interested no, how you took, nah, took it that. It wasn't for me. He, he hasn't had all... You know, swinging hits. He had some misses. I love his shit now, though. That but, high fashion Illuminati oh, rap, how he's playing into that. Like. From the <laughs> Dynasty, Rock La Familia, through Blueprint, through um, all, just through that whole time, through Black Album. That was great. That was a great run for Jay. And seeing and being in New York while he did it and having that run and being there every summer when he'd come through Hot 97 and shut stuff down. And it was just incredible. That's nostalgia. So maybe he's number one on my list also because nostalgia and just... Yeah. Man, I saw all that. I saw the stuff that can't be encapsulated on albums. I saw the impact of when he dropped a song and when Flex played it for an hour and a half. That's crazy. stupid bombs on it. That's crazy. And Angie Martinez had to shut hip, uh, Hot 97 down. Her three-hour show became a seven-hour show because Jay-Z went up there in flip-flops and a do-rag and said, I'm taking over the station. I'm not leaving. <laughs> and they said, okay, Jay, do what you want. So I see the impact of these things, and that's what makes Jay the number one person on my list. Well, you can put him there on career longevity. Yeah. No one has stayed doper and had more relevancy and been, you know, at the top of the game longer than Jay-Z. Yeah, everyone we mentioned, I don't care. I mean, no one knew. No one knows about Guru. No one knows about Big L. No one knows about Joe Budden or Jada Kiss. I'm talking overall on a larger hip-hop scale. Everybody knows, knows about Jay Z. Every single person. Every single person. He, you want to talk about the Michael Jordan rap? That dude's the Michael Jordan rap. He's expanding into other brands and just. I mean, he's the true mogul. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's uh, he he's been real smart with it. He's the 
he's the new American dream. Yeah, and look at how Puff Daddy fall, fallen off. Puff Daddy's out there beating up UCLA bench coaches and like just doing crazy shit. Like, Listen, I mean, if, if Puff fell off, I'm okay with that. I, I mean, I'd take a Puff fall off. Yeah, I mean, we'd all take, <laughs> we'd all take a Puff fall off. That's not my point. I mean, he was on the top of the game, like I mean, yeah. for a long period. But you know, he's not. He's nowhere near the top of the game now. You know, and that's what's great about Jay. What's interesting though is that you come on the show. You preface this with, oh, I don't like lists, but you come on our show that has a lot of lists, by the way. Yeah. This week. And um, I love it. You know, it's funny, and I love ranking stuff. I just don't like doing it in public. I think it's, <laughs> like I said, it's a disservice to the art. You know, we sit in the living room, I'll rank shit all the, oh, this is the best, this is the best barbecue I've ever had. You know, I'm <laughs> I'm all about hyperbole, man. You know, hit up Marcus <laughs> Vandenberg over at Yahoo Sports. He, he's on hyperbole patrol with me. I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of discussion. <laughs> I just, like I said, not in public, man. I don't, you know. So... Transitioning to what we're supposed to talk about on this show, uh, <laughs> combat sports. Ronda Rousey fights it's a this big weekend. weekend, man. You're talking about Michael Jordan's hip hop. Let's talk about the man. Michael Jordan the MMA. Before we talk about her fight and kind of break that down for a quick second, is Ronda Rousey top five in MMA? What are you talking about right now? What do you pound mean? for pound. Yes, top. Fuck yes. Pound for pound. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't. don't I, mean, I know a lot of people don't put that in there because first of all, it's a. It's a stupid conversation because pound for pound is supposed to be like the best skilled at their weight class and all performing. I don't even know how you define that stuff, but I think a lot of people look at it as you can't have a female in there because she wouldn't beat up any of the men, which I completely agree with. Any of the top 10 guys on the pop pound for pound list, Ronda Rousey is not beating them. No. And I'm not trying to start that stupid discussion, and that's the last we're going to even talk about that. But, Ronda do Rousey I, versus but I look at dominance. Let's just use one word to describe pound for pound. Dominance. Is she dominant? Yes, she is. How dominant? As dominant as there is any fighter in the UFC. Is she more dominant than Jose Aldo? I probably not. I mean, I, then you get into like weird stuff. And to me, I I feel she is because yeah. if you look, the closest person to her in her division is further than anyone else. Yeah, and that's the more about the yeah, and that's division. more that's more about the talent gap. And I don't know if that's I don't know Would if that you think yes, absolutely. How bad is Misha Tate? Misha Tate's not little a bad girls. Fighter. Little girls don't grow up wanting to be fighters. Not one. Not one. There's not one girl of this generation that was eight years old and that was like, hey, you want to know what I want to do with my life? I want to go be in the UFC. Not one. Now, we've got a lot of them. You saw that little girl boxing trees. I'm sure everyone's seen that viral video by now. Um, now you're going to have fighters that are practicing to be professionals, but there weren't any girls growing up. You got you got cast-offs and girls that like, hey, I can take a punch and I'm pretty skilled. Maybe I can do this and make a living and become a star. The Shayna Baszlers and the other random fighters. And no disrespect to them. They achieved a lot and they made a nice name for themselves, but these aren't true fighters in the sense that like you get a guy like a Chad Mendez who was maybe around 18 years old like okay I mean he's already wrestled his whole life which is a great base and male fighters have that avenue to pursue if that's yeah, something exactly. they want to get into also men fight more in high school like actual fighting it, it's just I mean they're more inclined to do that and view it as a profession so yeah. you don't have the talent that these other champions are having to go through the Jose all those uh, the Chris Weidmans I mean these the guys they're facing are decades long martial artists who have been you know trying their whole lives to beat the shit out of people so um, Ronda's been facing the exact kind of opposite of that so but she doesn't it doesn't take away from her dominance. She's still top pound top for pound. Five. Yeah, I don't take that away from her. No, I, I put her in my top five as well. For sure. Um, I mean, she's behind John Jones, Aldo until he loses in a month. 
and then it's oh. her. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I'm till, not shy until about he that. loses in a month. Not shy just about like that. matter of factly, the dude who I see, I was there the night he whooped Mike Brown's ass like seven years ago to take the WEC belt. Yes. The belt he hasn't lost in seven years. Man, I like that. Not Aldo. even close. I like that. What does Aldo. that mean? I like that all though. That, maybe that he just maybe Aldo. he like just got Aldo. bored. Maybe he just like was like, you know what? I'm dominating everyone, so I don't really oh, listen. Which I don't is fine. listen. I mean, and then that's uh, gonna catch up. Listen, to I don't know why what you didn't like about Chad Mendes, Jose Aldo too. It was one of the greatest fights in divisional history outside of it was a great war as well and that was chad mendez on a full camp not a chad mendez who only had 10 days and you know and he even beat connor for seven minutes i find it incredibly disturbing that you're so confident super that confident. the greatest fighter of the sub 155 ever is going to just get handled by a guy who got controlled by a guy who trained for 10 days yep I'm, okay I'm that confident wow just because there's always someone younger and hungrier talent wise skill wise probably not. so you're saying exactly what connor is saying yeah, I mean, talent wise. So you're saying the guy who has held the belt for seven years uninterrupted, right. never even come close to losing, mm -hmm. you're saying that guy isn't hungry. That is an incredible disservice to a man who has trained decades to whoop someone's ass. I think he's comfortable. Dude, how could you say that? He hasn't lost, not even close. No, just just watching the progressions of his fight. I mean, except for, I think, Mendes Connor, won. Does Connor have a talking box? In, hold on, guys. I'm going to check the back of his neck. <laughs> like, small wonder. Nope. There's no there's no circuit box um, in the back of his Mendes neck. Mendes won was probably, last five years, the best fight I've seen out of Aldo. Mendes 2, you mean? Mendes. Well, he finished him in Mendes 1. Mendes I mean, 1 when Mendes he finished Mendes 2 him. was the war where he showed yeah, heart no, and Mendes battled back. And showed that he was anything but starving. Yeah, no, I, I lack think, of hunger, whatever you'd say. Um, I think you can get comfortable as a champion and do what you have to do to maintain your belt. And I think he is at that point, and he's good enough, and that speaks volumes to him and his talent. He's good enough to say, I am comfortable winning decisions and go out there and win decisions because no one's still talented enough to beat him. But the Aldo I saw in WEC where he was a killer, he wanted to finish people. This wasn't about a belt and holding on to a belt. It was about beating someone. It was about finishing that person. I'm not sure if that guy is still there. Money changes people. Being comfortable changes people. Maybe the opportunities aren't there. Maybe everyone now knows they're fighting Jose fucking Aldo and they don't want to get kneed into oblivion or get a right <laughs> hook across <laughs> the fucking face. And leg kicked to death? Yeah, I mean, listen, you're talking about a guy who hasn't lost, so the question is hunger is absurd. I saw the same shit in Henry it's Burrell, though. absurd. Henning Burrell, Henning had Burrell lost ran in into a wrecking machine named T.J. Dillashaw. I, and I believe this is the same case. When someone is well, is different and hungrier, and you just say, wow. T.J.'s well Henning Burrell is though. great, yeah. and but T.J. was just that much better. And people were like, fuck, is this a and fluke? What happened? And in fairness to Jose, although he's no Henning Burrell. Henning Burrell had like two fights in the UFC. Not really, but I mean, he, I mean, he never. Championship. Yeah, Jose's fights, like, been running pressure. through top dogs and hosting pay-per-views against Faber six years ago. I mean, it just what he's done and who he's fought and the time he's done it. I feel I feel that I'm not you're wrong. You're probably going to be wrong. I, I could mean, be wrong. Chances I felt the same are you're going to be wrong. I felt the same thing with John Jones before the Cormier fight, and I felt like John is getting comfortable not finishing people, and then. Leading up to that fight, I was like, well, you know, DC stands a good chance because if it goes the distance, I think DC can hang in there. His cardio let him down. Honestly, I think you just believe everything. good. I think you just believe good smack talk. Um, I think you believe DC's good smack talk, and you're believing McGregor's good no, smack not talk. A, not at all. You, DC said same thing about John, and everyone with everyone knew that John Jones was going to wreck Daniel Cormier. I, I thought I th he can same thing with Aldo. Yeah, I, I mean, 
man, John still didn't finish him, but that was one hell of a fight. So he beat um, him up he, though. He broke he, him. Yeah, he broke his spirit. Yeah, he made him literally cry. Yeah, um, I mean he made DC cry. At one point he like sunned him in the middle of the yeah. thing against yeah, the Yeah, he held his hand. Yeah, yeah I was, was right. Was, up. It was horrible. Um, yeah, well, we were was both a, right there. It was a great photo. Yeah, I mean, luckily Esther Esther Lynn, all elbows on Twitter, got a great. You could probably Google that, Google image that, and get the photo we're actually talking about. It, yeah, so. Esther is actually incredible. Oh, she's photo. magnificent. That's a great um, photo too. So, I mean, I, I thought the same, and then I happened to be wrong, and. To me, I can be wrong in this, and I said it when they were supposed to fight over the summer. I was like, man, I'm picking Connor. This is why I think he can do it. And then Connor kept trash talking, and then Aldo became invested. And I said, this is the scariest thing for Connor is because now my only reasoning for you winning is because a guy is comfortable and relaxed, and he doesn't want to finish people anymore. Yeah. And you gave him ammunition to want to finish you. Yeah. He is still wildly talented. He is more talented than you. You now could have turned the switch and turned him back into a killer. That's not what you want to do. I, and I don't think, and for, for just last thing, I don't think that killer ever left. I think you're under the assumption that I think the guy might... who's held the belt, he's never lost, is somehow not a killer. Yeah. That's, that's, they're all killers. And if dude. it's still there, we're going to see it. Because he's, he's going to take, no, no, take Connor's no, head no, off. It is still there. Because he's still the champion. He has won for a decade. It's there. It's there. And Everyone and, loses and, sooner or later. Well, I mean, yes, <laughs> I agree. And he very well might lose come December. It may happen because Conor McGregor is a great fighter. But all these people picking him to beat the greatest fighter of that division's history when he's shown no real signs of slowing down, it's just, it, it, it sickens me, man. It just, I, to me, it just, it's, it reeks of like a hype train. Where yeah, people are just way too excited about this fast talking. I remember media members legit picking Chael Sonnen over Anderson Silva in that second fight because the way the first one fight. Yeah, damn, that first one, he almost had him, though. Yeah, it was so broken rib, and it was, I mean, listen, Chael Sonnen's a guy who his best win was a basically a lay-and-pray fest against Nate Marquardt where he was active, which made it his best fight, where he like actually did some ground and pound. I mean, it was, it was master trickery. And I'm, I'm not putting... Uh, McGregor in that category. He's much more accomplished than Son and a much better fighter, much better talker too, if we're being honest. But I do, I re, the, the hype it's, has the ability to, you have to curtail it and taper it. And when it's so magnified in this case and people are losing sight of just how great Jose Aldo is, I feel it is my civil duty to <laughs> swoop in and be like, no, this is wrong. No, it, 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 but it's uh, going to be a great fight. I know that great card. But this does, Saturday, does is Ronda a, fall? It's an entirely different card. No, Ronda doesn't fall. Ronda doesn't fall. Ronda doesn't fall. How can Ronda Holly? Ronda no one, no fall. one believes Ronda's going to fall. Right. If Holly has a chance, how do you solve the puzzle that is well, Ronda Rousey? I, I'll, I'll, I'll say this: I think Holly, despite what a lot of people are saying, uh, I think she has the best chance. To beat Ronda because I don't think anyone's beating Ronda on the ground. So when you talk about wrestling this and jujitsu that, I don't, you, my ears instantly turn off. It's like, okay, apparently you haven't watched these last 12 fights where she's just better than absolutely everyone <laughs> at what she does on the ground in, in the clinch. Um, but we can't neglect the 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 negatives in Ronda Rousey's game. The fact remains is that when she strikes, she strikes with her chin up. She, she strikes with lot. her hands out, not up as much. Like she's range finding in the middle of combinations, which is incredibly stupid. Um, she just does things, and, and don't get me wrong. I've been on the opinion that Ronda Rousey's strike, Rousey striking inside a gym has been the best since. I mean, I watched her spar probably two years ago, right before her UFC debut against Carmouche. I was like, yo, this girl's got better hands than everyone in the division, including Holly Holm. It just the snap, the accuracy, it was incredible. But she loses something when she transitions to a cage, and that is obvious. I feel the yeah. same way. I feel as though 
this isn't boxing. Mm-hmm. You don't get that opportunity to stop the action 12 times right. and get more, I guess, tutelage in the corner. You're in there for five minutes straight. Yeah. And she sees red. Yep. And that goes out the window. Chin goes up. They she fix plots, little she, stuff, though. They do, but it's and not going to matter. Her power's yeah. transitioning better and mm-hmm. all this, but she still gets hit a lot because yep. she loses well, she, all she, of that. She doesn't really get hit a lot, but she has she leaves opportunities to get hit a lot. Her fights usually end so quickly that there isn't a lot of hitting, but there's a lot of those oh shit moments where you're like, (laughs) where you're like, don't do that. Rhonda. Why are you doing that? Something is happening inside the cage where, whether it's seeing red, whether she doesn't like to get hit, you know, people think that just because you're a champion means you like, okay with getting hit and it doesn't like absolutely reset, put the reset button on you. That's not, I mean, look at Brock Lesnar. I mean, there are, there have been really dominant champions that straight up do not know how to get hit and really don't like to get hit. Like when they get hit, they turtle up and they, they <laughs> shut down. And, and, and that, I guess it's not a disservice to the man. It's just, we saw that happen. And I think to a point he's admitted that uh, we don't know if that's Rhonda. I still do have a question. If someone hits her flush or even 80%, can she eat that? Can she eat it? And can she, you know, not get TKO'd because yeah. you got no say at how, your chin's going to react when someone like Holly Holm hits you hard. We Not saw, at all. Well, maybe a head kick. Maybe you, you just don't know, but I will. And the ref might right. stop it earlier than you anticipate. Sure. Can you, can you grab? Sure. Can you hold on the ground? Yeah. Can you although, although I would think Rousey's going to get a little more liberties if oh, standing over Rousey, like Rousey, get up. No, I'm just, um, but like what, yeah. I mean, what do you do? Like it's, it's so weird. And that's why MMA is just so unpredictable. Because you can get hit flush on the chin and hit the ground and the canvas and turtle up and hold and be fine. And that same hit can hit you and you can be too close to the cage. You back up to the cage and now you can't fall. You can't hold. You can't use judo or whatever you want or jujitsu to get you out of that bad situation. And you're just going to keep getting hit. So it's, it's rough. I don't think anyone's beating her outside of a puncher's chance. So that's what makes home the toughest fight of her career because no one throws probably a more technical composed accurate punch than holly home and that's exactly what could beat ronda Ronda. i don't think it's much of a chance but i wouldn't no one beats her in five then no (laughs) no you're not not going five no no because you i mean she would have presumably taken those shots at that point and proved that she can take them and she i mean if you're getting in a war with ronda rousey she just is too strong and able to control you and take the fight wherever she wants to go you can maybe stop a ronda takedown in round one way less possibility in two and three, four and five. You got no chance because that's, I mean, she's, she's a different and she's proven that she's different. That's, that's the bottom line with Ronda Rousey and outside of cyborg who I think offers one small addition to that because Holly Holm is still powerful, but she's not cyborg powerful. So I think she's not MMA powerful. And we've seen that in her couple of fights, right? She is boxing. Yeah. Fundamental, yep. and she can keep range. Yep. She is not. Yet and let's be honest, MMA she's probably be, and she's probably being rushed into this fight. Definitely, you know, is. you'd probably want to see her take another fight or at least maybe even two before she got to this. And this. I thought the hype would transition mm. big enough to maybe be that UFC 200 fight. Yeah, but um, yeah, when you talk to, about to yeah. me, it just looks like now it's Cyborg. You talk about hype. Let's real quickly before we move on. Let's talk about the hype of seventy thousand people with their ass in the seat screaming down at Holly Holm. Ronda Rousey's used to that type. I mean, no one's used to 70,000, but Ronda Rousey's <laughs> used to being the star of the show. And her ego and her attitude's only growing bigger. And this is going to put a huge feather in her cap when she goes out there and beats home. It's like, oh, terrified. I don't care what Holly Holm says. Think you're going to hit the curtain of 70,000 people booming down on you. 
and your butthole's not going to pucker a little bit. Yeah. yeah. You didn't see that in women's yeah. boxing. Yeah. You can, as nope. many championships as you want. You've never yeah. seen Pechanga that. Pachanga Resort with 57 paid people. You know, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. She's nowhere even close. Um, and I, the, all this, all of this plays in Ronda's favor. The deck will be stacked in Ronda's favor for every single fight that she has from now until eternity because she is the golden girl and not the old moo-moo-wearing, tea-drinking... That that cyborg one would be man because I don't, I don't know if Chris Puckers. I, a, yeah. I, I think if if she goes in there, she's going in there with one thing on her mind. I got to take this girl's yeah. head off because any other way, I'm not winning. Here's the thing, though, man. This ain't Mayweather Pacquiao. There's not even rumblings of cyborg in the mainstream. They made a contender out of Betch Cohea. <laughs> they did a million pay per view buys with the top to bottom worst card that has ever been put on pay-per-view speaking in the history well outside of that indianapolis card in like 2008 or 9 or whatever with crow cop and me i don't remember it was so god awful terrible card outside of that i don't think there's been a worse card and uh they drew a million buys on a totally created character off a drummed up bullshit hype and koea saying a bunch of stuff about ronda's father's suicide and like ronda hitting the circuit so they do not need cyborg ronda does not need cyborg they, she will continue to make millions of dollars in Hollywood. She will continue to draw close to a million dollars on pay-per-view beating scrubs. And I don't, I mean, that was, that was harsh. Not scrubs, but beating <laughs> people that we all know she's going to beat. At least there's a little bit of intrigue with Cyborg. But I don't, at this juncture, Ronda Rousey doesn't need intrigue because she's just starting off. Yeah, on that huge wave of Tyson-esque type of just intrigue. Where, but like, when you people, look back, do you want to give people doubt? Do you want to give people the, you never fought blank? No, and I think they'll the and I think they'll deal with that when the time comes, but that doesn't mean they won't get a few, you know, million dollar pay per view buys from now until then. You know, if, if Cyborg doesn't play ball or if something doesn't fall in her favor, if she pisses hot, if any number of things happen, they don't need to make the fight. Ronda can fight at UFC two hundred against, against Misha Tate or someone and it'll do seven hundred a million buys and she can retire off into the sunset and come back every so often UFC two fifty. UFC 275, UFC 300. I don't know how it's going to work. But the big blowout tentpole, as Bellator would call them, events. You know what I mean? And yeah. she'll come back and she'll dominate. Maybe she won't. But that's it, it, that's the great thing. She'll retire here soon. I don't think she fights past 2016. So she'll retire as the greatest ever. And if she does come back, and I, and I don't think she'll lose, but if she does, she'll always be able to keep her star power because, oh, I just took it as a one-off. Yeah, it, They're going to book her masterfully. You know what I mean? They're not going to, this isn't, they're not, they do a lot of things that make me want to rip my non-existent hair out, but this isn't <laughs> the, one, the beard hair. Yeah. Yeah. The beard, there you go, the beard hair, but the, no, I wouldn't touch that. I love my, <laughs> I love my beard. Uh, but no, this isn't one of them, man. It's, it's we, the Ronda Rousey show, Kel. Hey, we have Joanna on the card though. Hell it, yes. To me, do. I say if there's a fight that's going to be amazing, mm-hmm. Joanna's going to put it. Well, on. it's not going to be an amazing. F- well, I, I don't know how you mean that. I mean, she's going to destroy her. Oh, she's going yeah, to destroy it, it's fight going for to be Joanna. very entertaining. Oh. People do not see women throw hands like that, oh. and they do not see women that small yeah, throw yeah. hands like that. Oh, for sure. And she is yeah. going to elevate her stardom to the next level because people are going to tune in for Ronda, and they're going to leave talking about her. Well, yeah, they're going to remember that's for damn sure, and she's the co-main. And, friends, if you haven't heard or seen Joanna and Jaychik, Jaychik, uh, you're great at that, by the way. Well... I'm great at it because I was with her before she won the title against Carla here in Vegas, her first, which she introduced herself as essentially Joanna champion. We spent a good minute <laughs> having her pronounce her name, 
we're like wait Yung Jae Chick and she's like yeah and she kept correcting us and you know you just feel like total assholes because you know she's the you know athlete that's training all these hours we should at least know her name but yeah it's a it's a crazy name it's a tough one to uh it's a tough one to uh get through and i'll tell you what i uh shameless plug for myself but if it's fitting um the last ufc magazine was published uh they the, this is the last it's a commemorative issue um they're going out of business essentially there will no longer be ufc magazine they're going to be the uh the the issue is going to be on sale now it's been on sale for about a month and it's going to run till january but inside that issue is my feature on Yoana Champion, on Yoana and Jaychik, and uh, also Cody Garbrandt, but specifically to this conversation, Yoana. And just what an interesting chick. I mean, she's uh, obviously a lot of people know she's from Poland, but she's got an identical twin sister who is an accountant, right? (laughs) Um, Not identical, excuse me, not identical, but a twin sister uh, who's an accountant, which is funny. The parallel is like Yoana, I guess, has always been a fighter, always wanting to protect people, always wanting to show people that as in her words, is she is not one to be fucked with. <laughs> um, I remember at one point during the interview, we did this inside the bowels of the MGM during, I think it was that Sunday off ultimate fighter in July. Okay. And, uh, she was just propped up like one leg on the chair. She had like her stylish Reeboks on with like the laces undone. And she was just so cool. And like one of the first things I asked her, I was like, you like being a badass, don't you? And she was like, yeah. And I mean, <laughs> she's just, and, but I mean, it, it wasn't in an egotistical way. It wasn't in a, in an off putting way. She is generally a likable individual who just fights. I, she's I, a fighter. That's... She, you described, you know, digs in and goes, I, I compare her to a, you know, like a prime Vanderlei Silva. She reminds me of a Vanderlei, just like with more accuracy, like a Vanderlei meets Chuck meets like a I, who who's super accurate. Like who's I, I, I just who would be like a, a, an incredibly accurate. I guess Anderson. Blah, Anderson blah, blah. W- I guess was. I'm just I guess I'm just throwing out like super. But the high level. Oh, it's just incredible. And you know who I got aspect. to who I got to interview for that story was Ernesto Hoost, the oh, all time nice. kickboxing great. And he trained you on earlier in her career. And uh, he had her sparring with men, and she'd get beat up and cry, and then she'd come back and beat the men up. I mean, she's a bulldog. <laughs> I don't see anyone beating her. Even Claudia Godella, who they had a close split decision fight to that earned Joanna uh, a, t- a title shot, then she later beat Carla. Um, this girl's bad, and I love the booking, Kel. I'm sure we all do, but oh, just yeah. that, that female power card, and you're getting the... You're getting the, the, the Tyson at the top of the card in dominance, right? And then you're getting the Tyson and the co-main as far as style. Yo, it's like being in the 90s yeah. and having Tyson and Roy Jones on the same right? pay-per-view card. Kind of. It's, it's like that. It's kind of, When you just yeah. show up, you just be like, man, like I can, I might be witnessing <laughs> we the just, best striker <laughs> so many people in that, MMA. There's so many people that hate us right now. It's like, you just called Ioana and Jay Chick. And Ronda Rousey, Mike Tyson, and Roy Jones. Listen, man, for women's <laughs> MMA, that's no, what they I mean, are. You're right. It's the golden age. Yo, they're, they're headlining a freaking pay-per-view. This is women we are talking <laughs> about. And they were not tell Dana White that three years hey, ago. Hey, man, like, it's not even that. I did, a, I did before they got the Terminator and Demi Lovato to do these countdown shows. I did one of the UFC countdown shows before uh, with the Sarah McMahon fight. And one of the points I made in that countdown show, and you could see it even back then, this isn't you know lpga this isn't the wnba this isn't an afterthought when these fans are buying tickets they are buying tickets for a woman who is essentially a man they are spending thousands hundreds whatever of dollars to travel to buy hotels everything 
to pay for a car. It's shared by men and women, but the women are more dominant. They're the bigger draw. Oh, yeah. This isn't manufactured. This isn't a product of the media or anything other than these people are intriguing. People care about their stories. They're super dominant. And it is finally, after decades, transcended to a point to where women aren't an afterthought. They're leading. They're... they're setting trends people at the base of it want to see a fight yeah and a lot of people are uncomfortable by that shit right like absolutely powerful women men that are somehow delusional thinking that their grip on society is going to lessen because ronda rousey is out there influencing people yo i got news for you there ain't jobs for anyone it's not women or men or anything like that shit's rough for anybody no one's messing with you women aren't do you worry about you and how you're going to provide for your family and how you're going to have insurance and how your heart's not going to explode and all the shit that matters to you you know what i'm saying like like People worrying about what Ronda Rousey's gonna so they took her jobs and like all this. People have a people are making a political issue about everything. You see that shit a lot though. By hey, the I way. write for Yahoo, so yeah. you see it even more in the comments section. I mean, people you, will be like, "Oh, my daughter reads this or watches yeah. this, and my daughter shouldn't see women being a woman." It's like, uh, how about you parent your daughter? And then we worry about this after. Yeah, and then to a point, I agree with that stuff, but that's up to the parent and, you know, explaining what fighting is. And if that's something that, you know, they don't want them watching, explain why you don't want them watching. It's exactly. a little too violent like, for your age. People don't complain love, on yeah, my comments. Right. Section. People like, like this people, ain't going to help you. <laughs> yeah. Well, Yahoo is like the, the world's, like just proving ground for i don't i don't know i don't know what it is it's it's insane though i i'm never i could write an article on like ronaldo uh pulling his business from the ufc earlier this yeah. week he owns the sorry star ronaldo owns a sports management company in in uh brazil and some of his clients were like vitor and a couple others and they pulled their uh their they they let him go the the fighters because of the reebok deal and essentially even an article like that like three comments down they'll turn into something about obama or something. I mean, it's just like, what? How did you get to? The, you were there. Are literally, people out there just like trying to talk about just the shit that they think matters. The like, trolls love it. I don't. I don't even think they know. They don't even know they're trolls. I mean, I'm a troll. I like to troll in real life. I don't know what you are. I, I'd like to think you're a troll, but you're so dangerous. Sometimes I think you're not. Listen, I believe most of the stuff. I most not ah! all of it. He said it. Most of the stuff. There's yeah. your window. You um, just messed up, Cal. No, no. I mean, outside of <laughs> not on the show, obviously. I believe all this shit. Uh, just tell me you haven't in said, real life. Just tell me you haven't said Kobe Jordan's better than Michael Bryan on the air yet. Or, no, excuse no. me. Kobe Bryan <laughs> yeah, is better than no, Michael I've Jordan. I have not said that. Uh, <laughs> no, no, but you, I like you can actually speak shit. clearly. Like, uh, my girlfriend's vegetarian. I may not believe that that shit tastes good. Right. But she listens to the podcast every week. So, babe, I love that shit. Yeah. But outside of that, you know, you everything coward. else I believe. <laughs> you, you're like a bad sitcom. I'm going to start calling you Kevin James. <laughs> playing into these roles and um, whatnot, man. All right. So it's all a pretty right. decent card yeah. even underneath those two. I mean, what fight a- sticks out to you? Like, if you had to pick one fight that's not main or co-main what fight are you looking forward to watch well i don't even know honestly it's a co-main main event for me if if, if someone was on the fence about buying this card be like you know what i'm i really like joanna and ronda but i before i put down my 59.99 i really got to know who else is on this card you don't you don't need to know who else is on this card. No, there is it. not. This is one of those cards that you're lucky to be a fan of mixed martial arts right now while Ronda Rousey's fighting. And I know that some people might. I've heard so much about Ronda. Yeah, I get it. I've written a lot about Ronda. We all have. You know what I mean? But that's the time. I wrote about a lot about Brock Lesnar in 2009, too. Yeah. But you miss the eyes on your favorite athletes putting GSP over and stuff. I mean, listen, the sport's better when eyes are on it. And no one 
has brought more eyes to this sport than Ronda Rousey. And that's the bottom line. I didn't want to admit it, but the Beth Croy, Beth Croy fight proved it. A it million did. pay-per-view buys on a shit card with just incredible hype and promotion. It was a no, hyped up uh, no actual the substance. Ultimate Fighter finale. Yeah, no actual substance. Dude, that was probably worse was, than Ultimate Fighter finale. It, it was I mean, top, top, top to bottom, top, top to bottom, it was worse. <laughs> so that's, that's just crazy. Watch. Uh, I kind of want to check out the Uriah Hall fight. Um, well, it's right before the co-main, and I just want to see if he's finally like, is he finally there, man? That's the not gonna is there. It, he's as talented as Chris Weidman, anyone else in that division, and he's his head has just never been in it. He can't be consistent. Um, is a win really gonna prove that to you, though? I just want to see him. I mean, the Musashi. I mean, the, right, right. But you said they're gonna have right. to put him in against right better fighters, and that division has some really good fighters oh, at the top, without question. Give him someone who's top five. Let's see it. But he can't do that when he has a stupid hiccup. Like he did last year. Yeah. So well, he's he had a few. He's had a few stupid hiccups. Can't do it. Can't do it again. He has to continue winning. He has to continue beating these random ass people. So <laughs> let's see it. Let's have another highlight knockout. You let's go out there and keep beating up random ass people, Uriah Hall. <laughs> Put it on them. When we come back, though, we got to talk about WWE and a little bit of boxing before we get out of here. Once again, I'm joined by Ryan McKittle, Yahoo Sports, hip hop enthusiast. Incredible conversation so far, so stay tuned. Right after the break, we're talking wrestling and boxing. What up, loudspeaker family? What's up? It's your man Ice-T. And I'm the co-host, McBenzo. And we're here to tell you that if you love podcasts like the Combat Jack Show, the Tax Season, the Brilliant Idiots, Fan Bros, and the Corn, yeah, then you're definitely going to want to check out our podcast, The Final Level Podcast. The Final Level Podcast is where you're going to get to talk about the latest movies, games, TV shows, and sports, but delivered from two OGs who give less than zero fucks about how you feel. We don't hold shit back on this podcast. It's, it's the, the hardest, hardest podcast, podcast on earth. On iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, which is real close to Snitcher, but it ain't. And YouTube, right here on the Loudspeaker Network, the number one podcast network on earth. Church. All right, we are back, and now it's time to talk wrestling. WWE is uh, in a little bit of a situation. So last Big, week, yeah. we recorded the show. We are like, okay, we got everything in there. We went home, edited it, posted it. As soon as we posted it, Seth Rollins' injury, boom, everything changed. Boom, out nine months. So it's just like, okay, no more Seth Rollins. Yeah. So WWE decided to create this little tournament bracket, right. and we are where we are now, where we get weird first-round matchups. But it's leading somewhere. You can see where it's leading. And the biggest thing is is there's no retread. There is no Cena. There is no Lesnar. It's what are you a bunch of these young about? guys, and we see where it's headed. Oh. There's going to be a new champion, not a no, retread but champion. but it's, it's the retread. It's Roman Reigns getting to the championship again. That's not a retread. It's the same thing they did to WrestleMania through Royal Rumble that failed so miserably last year. And that's what I feel so bad for. I mean, I feel bad for Seth Rollins more so than anyone. Definitely. Because he was on an insanely good run as a WWE champion. Borderline on great. I don't think you can really uh, quantify that until after. And you kind of look back on it. But his stuff with Jon Stewart. And I mean, he was. Uh, he if is, he would have held the whoo! title through Mania. Yeah. He would have been on a CM Punk type run. Yeah. Like the, the year of Punk. Yeah. And. It, the, no one really saw it coming. He cashed in at WrestleMania, and just what a tragic end to that. Now, the next flip side to this is you, you, you're doing Roman Reigns no favors again. 
You're putting Roman Reigns on the path to the championship by how? Defeating everyone's favorite wrestler. In the next round, he is going to beat Cesaro. Do you know how much that is going to piss people off? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm serious. Cesaro's a way better of wrestler. Of course than he is, him. and he's yeah. way more over. So what you're essentially going to do is say, hey, let's have the Roman runs. I'm going to beat the shit out of everyone you like, Tor. Jeez, that's going to go well for when I he takes the championship. Now... I see it coming. If it's a heel turn. And it's the heel turn. Okay. And Triple if. H teased the okay. heel turn on Raw. And I think now if you want the heel turn, now you see what you didn't see last year. Yes. Last year you did this whole damn thing. Yes. And you tried to keep him in my face. Okay. And people ran you out of it. There you go. And then you saw that you gave the belt to a heel, an unknown young heel. Yeah. You know, as far exactly, as unproven. Yes. Yes. Young you're exactly heel, right. And that shit catapulted. Yeah. So now if this is the guy you want to have the belt. They're doing the same formula. Have him be Triple H's guy, give him the belt, he'll turn, and then you've already set up maybe two, three rivalries that he can use heading into WrestleMania. He can battle Cesaro. If people like At least him on much. TV. Yeah. Yeah. That that's fine. Not on He can paper. go against Ambrose, which is a natural setup. And you've been setting it up for months. Sure. You you can have him challenged, and even if Cena comes back in December and you want Cena to go against Reigns. That's fine. You can now do that because Reigns is a heel. So you think the heel turn is coming in Survivor Series? I think the heel's turn is coming. Yeah. Um, and I think they planted seeds. It threw the stuff off. Some of the things I wanted to see are thrown off because we had Ambrose versus Kevin Owens, which yeah. I thought was going to be a great feud for the IC title. And they're still on pace to face each other in the semifinals. So that may still be on. Here's the thing. And this is what always gets me wary about situations like this with the WWE. They are so hell-bent on merchandise and making money. And even when a guy like Seth Rollins goes heel, he still sells. Yeah. I think people just don't like Roman Reigns. I think he's he's going to have to come out with something really special. You know, rock, it's similar. It's getting to like the Rocky Maivia type thing where it's like, dude, we are sick of you getting pushed down our throats. You know what I mean? We mm -hmm. don't. We know what you're trying to do. We don't like it. And it's not really Roman Reigns' fault. It's more, it's a product of his time. Yeah. It's like, unfortunately, where like guys like Mr. Perfect and Rick Rude were under Hogan during their period. Now, this isn't a case of someone holding the entire locker room down as it was with Hogan. But this is a case of just the freaking roster being so stacked that when people see Reigns getting a push and getting put over, they're like, no, why? Because we still haven't seen Kevin Owens win the belt. We still haven't seen Cesaro win the belt. We yes. still haven't seen Finn Balor win the belt, who isn't even on the roster yet. There are just guys out there that are obviously over. Obviously. Yeah. And they're and not getting their shot. Seth Rollins finally did, thank God. And look at how popular he was. It's weird, though, because this is one thing I can't blame Mr. McMahon on. Yeah. Because Mr. McMahon gave Triple H a pet project and it blew up. But Reigns is the McMahon guy. He always looked like it. He always was going to be that. Well, yeah, and that's where a lot of the back, that's where a lot of the backlash is coming McMahon from. McMahon is now stuck in a horrible situation because it's like I never hid that this guy was going to be the guy. He was. He had that build. He had the frame. He had the look. From the get go, I didn't hide that he was going to be the guy. It just so happens that Triple H's pet project caught fire. And it brought all these other great-ass yeah. wrestlers in here yeah. with way better resumes because we got Roman Reigns off a of football field yeah. with no resume. Which we know they love. Yeah. They love taking a guy that and they had that, that did, you know is totally made by them and their and idea. that's before we have what wrestling is now, which is where a you acknowledge age. 
people, yeah. 10 years career before they got the there. whole business has the, changed. The, pumps, the whole business has the changed. Yeah. Brian yeah. and these people are going super over because they have built fan bases yeah. over 10 years. So now it's so much harder to take a guy off of the street with no fan base, no basis, yeah. and force feed them down people's throats because they've seen the talent other people have done for 10 years. It's so different. The internet, the, the internet has pulled back the the onion on everything, uh, specifically something like pro wrestling. We I talked mean, you, about that. There's yeah. no more kayfabe. Yeah, there's no more kayfabe. And I mean, kayfabe was dead in the '90s when dirt sheets were coming out and shit. But like now, and you're still like trying to protect it. And so, let me tell you, newsflash to the WWE. In case you didn't know, the corny stories and gimmicks and all that stuff are fine. That's comedic relief. It's good. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the other stories are simple. They're they're betrayal. Their relationship stuff. They're cheating. They're all the simple stuff that everyone deals with with relatives. Uh, in, in, in day-to-day life. Same thing with cultural issues. That's why Zeb Coulter can be so great and others can be so great if written correctly. It's a very simple formula. And that formula now is teetering more to the wrestling, to the in-ring action. We know what this is. It is a live circus performance. So we want to see people do the craziest shit possible without breaking their neck. Now, is that the, the, us as fans, this, we have to kind of be a responsible fans. We have to understand where our role in this we can't go demanding that we go back to 95 and, you know, have <laughs> ECW all over again. I mean, it still happens in CZW and the guys in ROH. I mean, that's why you worry about guys like Sami Zayn, Finn Balor and Kevin Owens. It's like, dude, these guys had their career. They had wear and tear. They had the their career. Yeah. We watched it. It was awesome. It was the best. Now, and you, I don't know what the hell I'm watching. I'm just like, dude, don't die. You worry about Rollins. Yeah, and that just, same yes. was like, you've done crazy yes. shit for so long. Decade. Mr. Tyler Black. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's like, yeah. this is your first major injury on the yeah. big stage. But is this the first of many? Yeah, exactly. Is your body now breaking down? Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan. Gets over in four years and his career's over because his career was over when he got, he got there. Because he had done so much yeah. crazy shit already. And that's the business, but that's the beauty of the business. The real fans know what it takes to stay. It's essentially the working class of America. We're all struggling trying to get good jobs and trying to survive and trying to live a dream or trying to live a life of somewhat comfort to we're not stressing out about a flat tire or, a, you know, a, you know, being able to go home for a funeral or some stuff. You know what I mean? And I think that the business of pro wrestling is so brutal, so cutthroat, so thankless. I mean, to the people who know it, that's where the beauty comes in. And when you see guys like Balor and you see guys like Owens and you see guys like Tyler Black, a.k.a. Seth Rollins, it's just you're along for the ride. Very similar to hip hop. Because hip-hop is so underground on some level, just like pro wrestling, yeah. but it is also so big. Mm-hmm. And when and when you watch people, when you're fans of it like we are, when you rise, watch someone rise through the ranks like a Kendrick, or more specifically for me, Eminem. Like Eminem on Rockus stuff and like like I said, the mixtapes, and then he was the biggest thing in the world. And my mom was like, he's a devil, and blah, 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 he's an <laughs> asshole, and he says this stuff about his mother. And I'm like, yo, you're talking about Eminem. Like, this is freaking me out. <laughs> you know, It's similar to that. It's just you're along for the ride in pro wrestling. And it's a, I know Ray. Ratings have been teetering and everything, but make no mistake about it. We are in a beautiful time. Well, it's just wrestling. multimedia, though. Hey, so yeah, people whatever. are expecting like 90s or early 2000s ratings. People go to YouTube yeah, now exactly. and they can watch whatever they want. Yeah. Everything's on demand. We can agree that the product is outstanding. Great. Yeah. And I think the network will grow. Yes. As the ratings still deteriorate because it's just multiple platforms. Yep. And I think WWE is smart enough to know that, too. They own- and their network quality is going up and they have an amazing product in NXT. <laughs> It's so, I was, so yeah, it, it's so it's not going to care about the hit. What I was going to say, it's so interesting. On one hand, Vince McMahon can be the most stubborn, short sighted, single lane, repetitive fool that I've ever like. I mean, dude, 
Flash Funk was the same goddamn gimmick as R Truth or like uh, 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 um, R Truth is horrible. Well, no, who was the the one that came out and did the dancing and the girls? The fun, uh, Brutus Bro- Bro- Clay. Yeah, that was a bad one for Clay. Flash Funk was the same damn thing. Two dancing girls, jive music, come out, shake your dick in everyone's face. Say, did the same thing with R Truth. Exactly. He is. He he does stuff that is just it's predictable and it's been predictable for decades, but. On the other end of the spectrum, he is one of the most visionary, forward-thinking. I'm speaking the business, the big business, the corporate end of it. Seeing to transition your entire platform to online, taking it all in-house, all of that stuff was he, so ahead of. I mean, pay-per-view. He built pay-per-view. Oh, he took the hit. He took just the, like he did with pay-per-view. Exactly, and yep. he took the hit originally. Yep. And people were like the network's not going to work yep. and all this stuff. And we've seen other stuff but like this, work. and it's not Netflix <laughs> and who. And then boom, this yeah. shit's catching fire. Oh, it will. And once, and I always said it was technology. They were just a little. They were about four years uh, behind technology to where everyone knew how to use HDMI and everyone had uh, applicable connections in their TV. And like, I'm not, you know, speaking. We had that stuff, but I mean, yeah, you know, uncles, aunts, and I don't know other exactly. people. Yeah. Other people aren't as in tune with that. And once people figure that stuff out, you can't. I mean, if you're even a remotely a fan of pro wrestling, because nine ninety nine a month, get out of here. I mean, at, at this point. You want to know where these people are coming from. Yeah. Why Why is the crowd chanting, we want Sasha? Yep. Why is Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins? And you can go back and see and say, who's the next guy? Yep. And they're, they're doing a great job. And that's why I think they should actually do more of uh, having the NXT champion on television. Yeah. And I think it worked great with Owens. Well, because yeah. you had and you built the intrigue against someone as popular as Cena. And you say, oh, he has a belt. I would agree. How did he get that belt? Right. I would agree with that with for everyone but Finn Balor. I yeah, believe no, Finn, that yeah. Finn is a gem. Yeah, I like, believe Finn, right, right. You, Finn you debuts Finn. right, yeah, you, and when he debuts, you leave him there, and he's like, yeah. he contends for a title right away. Be like, oh, what the hell are they doing? And then you just see the pop from the audience and the arm stuff, and they, then they can go retroactively and see Finn. They've got to be really it. careful with him because he's a gold mine. Yeah, and if they don't do it correctly, they're going to lose a lot of money. It, but if they do it right, he will be the biggest star in professional wrestling. And so far, Triple H has done it perfectly. Yeah. The question is, is then when it becomes Vince's. Will he be able to see the Triple H? And, and Triple I've been H wondering knows. this. Yeah. I've been wondering this now. And Triple H touched on it when they did that um, NXT panel mm-hmm. at SummerSlam or whatever it was. And he said every match in WrestleMania last year, except one, had, NXT people had an on. NXT person. And that was Undertaker Brock. And that was right. nostalgia. And what happens now when next year there's everyone except four people are from NXT? Here's, and, then, and it grows. Yeah. Does Vince now say... These are his guys. Yes. He's it, already done it. He's already done it. You he's saw already with, made he's already done, He's already fucked them up. He did it with Kevin Owens. Like Kevin oh, Owens. Kevin got that immediate Kevin's, heat Well, that, and now he's reading off scripts and stuff, and he's doing, you know, corny-ass promos where, you know, his personality isn't shining through. And that is the, the, the product of too many soups in the kitchen. They've got something like 25 writers over at WWE in, 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 in Connecticut. 25 writers. You and I know we're writers. Yeah. Writing your voice. It's creative. It's got a, a, a narrative that kind of sticks together. It's cohesive. You got 25 people with 25 ideas throwing out all sorts of different ideas and then pulling from that. It's a horrible. There's horrible no cohesion to yeah. that. There's no voice. There's no focus. Now, on top of that, the 25 writers don't even matter because there's only one thing that matters, and that's Vince, Vince. McMahon. Final and if he thinks so. you're too fat like Kevin Owens and you need to be on scripted promos, guess what? No matter how much Kevin Owens or how much Triple H in the crowd can, is going to convince you otherwise or should convince you otherwise, he doesn't care. But that's why NXT is so fucking genius. Yeah, so but, pure. Yeah, and, and, and just, but we'll see. We'll see how long that lasts because Vince. I mean, credit he is he is 
obviously kept his hand out of it yeah. until now. And you, that is obvious. But you, that, I cannot say the same for when they come up because I can look at it and I go, that's Vince McMahon. They're mm-hmm. killing the creativity because he thinks he knows what's best when it comes to creative angle. And I promise you. But then you get glimpses. He of when, does not. Of when. No, he's so out of touch. He is so out of touch. he put New Day in that horrible gimmick and all this shit. And, and then they, they owned waited. It. They waited. And they owned that and shit. And they took it. Yep. And then they said, as soon as he fucks up and yep. lets us be us, yep. we're going to run with it. Yep. Then he did super over. Yeah. And he could take credit for that. I'm sure he does in his fucking whatever. little chair and yeah, all this stuff. Whatever. He's it, it. Yeah. But he didn't do that. They yeah. did that. Yeah. They went unscripted once. Yeah. It caught fire. I love And then now they can I, keep I love doing the it. simple things like New Day, just like when uh Biggie opens up every intro and he's like, New Orleans and then he does that like crack at the end in his voice, like it's simple. Be sour. Yeah, yeah. It's just the whole gimmick has been great. I mean, I remember on the corner you weren't fans on those first first few weeks. But I just I even when it was just Biggie's like shitty pastor voice, I thought there was just something there. I was like, they're gonna find it's just too good. They believe in it too much. Like Biggie's just selling out. He's just he's <laughs> just going all out. And then they all caught their excuse me, they all caught their uh you know, kind of their voices and their their characters longer and in, in, throughout the way. But again, let's get back to this tournament. If Roman Reigns goes heel, it works. If yes. they try to keep him as a face and run this merch and make a I mean, it's it's a disaster. And we are in agreement that they're giving the belt to Roman Reigns, right? I believe so. Okay. Um, the only other way I see this happening without Reigns um, getting the title, which is just weird to even think about, is if Kevin Owens beats Dean Ambrose in the semifinals and they put the belt on Kevin Owens at Survivor Series. That's the only way I can think it happens. And you're... <laughs> My scenario on this is also fucked up because I kind of dislike it. But if Owens beats Ambrose, because they're going to have that rivalry for the IC title. If he beats him in the semifinal match and we get Ambrose, or excuse me, we get Owens versus Reigns at Survivor Series. Owens beats Reigns and Sheamus comes in, bro kicks Owens, cashes in and takes the belt. And Sheamus is your champion, and Reigns chases Sheamus into Royal Rumble, yeah, and wins the title at Rumble. Nah, they, I don't. I, I don't think they'll book that because that's just a weak main event. I think, I think they know that the tournament is special. WWE Championship tournaments is not. It, it's not often. No, it's not an angle they ever do. Uh, I mean, they had the one in WrestleMania. The, um. I didn't watch for a good portion in the middle 2000s, so I don't know how many they had then. They don't have them often. So when they do, it's a really cool story that just offers all sorts of different, you know, storylines that can branch off of it. So, And I think we're going to see that. And uh, I think they're setting up for that. I think Ziggler, he advanced and in his next fight. Tyler Breeze is going to come out and cost of the match, and then Ziggler and Tyler Breeze have their rivalry. Yeah, and I think that's definitely going to happen. Owens and Ambrose in one semifinal, and I think you're going to see something go down there. I think that's Ambrose, going to carry I think them. it's going to be Ambrose Reigns because I think that, don't you think in that the selling it, to me that's the selling point. Yeah, Ambrose Reigns, best friends, all this stuff, yeah. good job, and then maybe Triple H comes down, gives Reigns the sledgehammer, yeah. boom, he hits Ambrose, heel turn. All right. And, and that's how it has to play out, to me, in my opinion. And people have been saying for a while, Ambrose is going to be the guy to turn heel, and it's, he should be the guy to turn heel, it, and he's a natural heel. He, well, is he? I think Ambrose is a natural heel. Yeah. Oh, no, you mean Ambrose. Reigns. 
No, no. I, I think people have been expecting Ambrose. Oh, you're expecting. Oh, gotcha. And the buddy, buddy. He would be the one who turned. Yeah, who turns okay. heel. Gotcha. But I think they expected him to turn heel. If anything, no one expected Rollins right. to turn heel. Um, so I, I don't think they're going to go that route. I think Ambrose is going to stay the face. Uh, he has that natural chemistry with Kevin Owens that they're building up for a rivalry. Owens is obviously the best heel the company has right now. Yeah. So you're going to have outside Ambrose. of Well, I mean, Reigns has got potential now. Oh, yeah. Because when he wins that belt, if he does the turn well, if he owns his heel turn. honestly dislike you, it adds extra credibility to being a heel. Yep. And they boo already. It's the only credibility. The only heels are John Cena and Roman Reigns. I was about to say. John Cena's the biggest heel in the company. John Cena's a heel. Without question. He's been the – at one point when that punk run in 2011, he was the biggest heel of the last decade. I mean, visceral hate. I went to that SummerSlam where he fought him (laughs) the second time. Like, I mean, people hated John Cena. Hated him. Hated him. It's crazy. Would have, would have not batted an eyelash if he would have retired on the spot and said later. And one of the greatest workers of our generation, mm-hmm. later. That's how much they hate John Cena. Yep. Really nice guy. And, and John Cena, I, I noticed it when John Cena took that ass whooping from Brock Lesnar, and people loved every second of it. Yeah. And Cena was supposed to be the face, and Lesnar the monster heel, yep. and they wanted to see him get suplexed again, again, and again, and they counted, and they hated Cena. You know, you know the whole, you know the moment when I realized the entire business changed forever? When CM Punk took Paul Bearer's fake act, supposed ashes <laughs> a week after he died, legitimately, yeah, and dumped them on a prone Undertaker on the on the runway leading in right before WrestleMania, and there were CM, was and there were CM Punk chants. I mean, the crowd was chanting CM Punk. Paul Bearer is legitimately just dead. <laughs> These are supposed to be his ashes. One of the greatest managers, characters in the history of the business, and everyone in that crowd knew that. Everyone in that crowd, make no mistake about it, had a huge amount of respect for Paul Bear and The Undertaker. Correct. But even with Paul Bear's ashes being dumped on the greatest champion character ever in The Undertaker, they still chanted CM Punk. And that told me right there that when some when these fans have their favorite come hell or high water, you can do what it you can do literally anything and you will still be over, except be the WWE's guy. If, the, if you are if you are visibly the WWE's guy, if someone is telling you who to like, and that's credit to the fans, props to the fans for not being told what to like. I told them, and yep. in that age, everyone's yep. a smart now. Yep. I say Everyone. it all the time. Everyone's Everyone. a smart because yep. it's so it's at your fingertips. Yep. There's dirt sheets here. There's video here. And Twitter. How about there. a scrolling timeline but, yeah. of dirt sheets? I mean, 20 different dirt sheets. <laughs> just click, headlines telling you what's going on. So like it, I, yeah. it's, it's yep. crazy. Yep, it is. Everyone, everyone's a smart. It is. The tournament's great, though. I'm excited to see it's, it back. I don't even care how it ends up. It's just cool to see a tournament. It's, yeah. just, it's cool. It's All a sorts short of lead up. Stuff. I like yep. it. I, it's kind of like rush and just yep. pace, and it guarantees us a lot of wrestling, and you which, know, which yes. is great. A which lot of great. matches. There's going to be less talking because you got to fit all this in, and I love that. And also, silver lining, we get a really cool comeback for Seth Rollins in nine months. We don't know when it's going to happen. We don't know I how he's happening. We don't know how he's going to yeah. debut. Oh, oh it's, our, it's our mascot, Polly Shogun. Polly on the ones and twos. Paulie. He has about, to <laughs> give a shout out here on the on the corner. It's our English bulldog. That's what he thinks of Seth Rollins. That yep. Yeah, um, he's, he's he's distraught. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think it happens at SummerSlam though, and I think the pop is huge. Okay. You think he'll be back? Well, yeah, he'll be back by then. Yeah, I, I think. Well, we just don't know how it's gonna. We don't. Know. No. I mean, they could do it any number of ways. You th- here's the question: Does he come back heel or face? You know what? By then, I think it's crazy, and people look at me and. It's nothing new, and they think I'm weird, and uh, they think I say wild shit. But I've been wanting that Shield reunion for a while now, and I think Reigns is no longer champion at SummerSlam. I think there's a lot of other good wrestlers coming up. I think more people come to the main roster. I think there's a lot of different uh, 
angles that you can take. Yeah. And I think the shield comes back. Mm-hmm. A- and I think that's what we see. I ain't be too soon for that, but it's interesting. If if we see Roman versus Brock at SummerSlam, title or no title, and Roman is going to get over on Brock and beat Brock, he can't do it clean. And I think we see Ambrose come out, and I think Brock handles Ambrose a little bit. Mm. And then I think right after that, we see Rollins come out, and I think they do the stupid shield power bomb on Brock Lesnar, oh. and Reigns wins that <laughs> shit, and they put their fist together in the middle, and Reigns is the champion, and the oh. shield is back. That's not a bad storyline. No. I know. I also like to see comes back. Uh, Reigns is the Reigns is the heel. Ambrose is the Austin kind of heel face, whatever. He's whatever he wants to be, the respectful guy who He's might stick you in the mouth, right? Yeah. Um, and then Rollins comes back spitting, like, you forgot about me. Like, the, the check stopped coming, and, like, yeah, they could do whatever. Like, I was forced out of my home. Like, <laughs> you know, like, where were you calling when this happened? Did that happen? Like, I was your guy. I was the greatest. I saw your true colors, blah, blah, blah. I mean, they, and then he gets the, the, the fan support. And here's the other thing about Seth Rollins, a.k.a. Tyler Black, whatever. Um, his moveset, his face moveset, and we saw it a little bit there towards the end of the Shield run. Yeah. When he comes as a face, because, I mean, he's been holding back. Um, the, the fans are in for a treat. You know what I mean? The matches he could have with does Finn he Balor, do that? Huh? Does he do that off of the ACL injury? That's a good question. That that that's now what changes yeah. things. Like, kind of like Derrick Rose taking Ginsu yeah, knife chops to the basket. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like I don't know if you come right off of the ACL yeah. and then become the high flyer face, Seth Rollins. Uh, why couldn't they assign these guys when they were twenty six? Like we all knew they were the best wrestlers in the world. Why and did you have to wait until <laughs> they were thirties? It's Finn Balor's like thirty four. Thirty four. What in the world? We get him for five years. If that. Five years. If that. Luckily, he's a incredible specimen. Yeah. Like five his years. Body wise, it's like, like, dude, you look twenty four. But, but you look. Uh, talking about yeah. Finn and some NXT guys. Uh, the last wrestling topic we're talking about today is NXT. I know you don't follow week to week necessarily i'm up i'm up to date finally caught up yeah well nice uh what do you think about finn versus joe i think it's great you know i mean i wouldn't call it a heel turn from joe because joe is one of those characters you just never trust like he's he's, (laughs) he was he was he was he was adamant about what he wanted when he entered nxt so I, people were like, oh, how did, he, how did he turn on Finn? It's like, dude, that was always coming. We know that. <laughs> yeah. As soon as someone gets tagged with each other, it's just a matter of when they break up. It, you know, it, it has to happen a little bit quicker at NXT. I love it, though. I love it. I can't recall if we got that match in Japan ever. I mean, I don't think Joe so. was with TNA for so long. I mean, yeah. he was their guy, and Fergal never came over to TNA. So this would be the first time they're squared off. And, NXT uh, is making dream matchups. Oh, like, they are. Just, oh, just yeah. People, even, yeah, like, even like bringing in Rhino on and the doing message, dumb stuff. Yeah, yeah, message boards talked about like three years ago. What uh, if this person fought this person? <laughs> hey, what if Jushin Thunder Liger came in and wrestled <laughs> someone from NXT? <laughs> but like, it's Tyler just crazy. Breeze. Like, hey, you ever think about having a Samoa Joe versus El Generico rivalry? Like, yeah, just, just craziness. And then you have Uha Nation, which is now uh, Apollo, Apollo Crews. Going against some of these guys, and just you take the past six years, they seven killed, years. They killed the indies, <laughs> not really, but they kind of yeah, did. And how long can you sap from the indies? Uh, the Evolve I mean, deal is great, yeah, because Evolve has some real young talent. Yeah, like young, young, cultivate it their talent. The whole, the whole business does. You can pull talent from Vegas, man. Those FSW shows. Oh, I went Ale- to my first shout one. Out to Ale- shout, shout out to Alexander Hammerstone. That dude was actually just. Uh, He's a, a local FF Future Stars of Wrestling guy here in Vegas. He goes with this Thor gimmick. Long blonde hair, super huge body. Not freakishly huge, just like G.I. Joe huge, where you're like, that's not normal, but not like 
uh, Ryback Hughes yeah. where you're like want to puke because it looks just gross. <laughs> um, but he looks like Thor, and his name's Alexander Hammerstone. He was Tyler Breeze's bodyguard uh, the night Tyler Breeze debuted in the WWE. He watched the rope in San Diego. Um, he's got a bright future. There's other guys here, obviously, Man, there's too. these two kids. They're like 19. They're a tag team um, at FSW. They kind of look like gothic looking kids. One is the spider. Oh, and, yeah, the uh, yeah. I know who you're talking yeah, about. I wish. And I... the other kid. So it's the spider, and, and then, then the emo looking kid. Emo he looking reminds kid. me, for those of you, Zach Saber. He reminds me of him, an indie guy wrestler out there. But yeah, yeah I'm with you. And I mean, that kid has a little Tyler Black in him. Yeah, like he does shit what? that is just mind blowing. And he's 19, and I'm like, he's about to be the truth. Yeah, FSW is great because they've got legit talent like Brian Cage, who wrestled in Lucha Underground the season willie mack who's going to be in this season uh, uh lucha underground yep. um did nxt try out uh they had uh they had swan and ricochet coming through ricochet is the mass- Swan signed i believe with nxt yeah swan just signed with nxt and ricochet is the masked uh, luchador Sorry, in uh, lucha underground i can't yeah, recall his name uh, the, the, the number Prince one Puma. Prince Puma the number and one King guy Ricochet right and everything yeah. else he came through there Kenny he King has, comes through there he has to be the next guy by oh way. yeah I did if they <laughs> sign anyone Ricochet yeah. has to be that next I guy I watched him and Swan in a one off tag match here I didn't even know who they were this was a couple years ago and I just he did a, or a standing round off or a back handspring over the top rope onto the hardwood he cleared it he did it from inside the ring to outside the ring without touching the rope and landed on his feet it was I just uh, yeah, what am I watching? Like, and yo, then now he looks like a superstar. Though. Yeah, With he's finally grown into his body and the and tattoos. The, and yeah, his muscles are there, and he's yep. taking. Uh, I guess his nutrition better yeah. and his working. Listen, out. That, but, that guy's but, a star. Yeah, there is great indie wrestling everywhere. So they did not kill the indies, but they took all the all stars. They're just oh, like, they're they're just, just rummaging just, yeah. through, the and it's awesome now. for us because we get to see them get their just due and every week. Yeah, <laughs> and in WrestleMania, yeah. they're in WrestleMania, and that's just that's really cool. It's really cool to um, see, man. Good for all those guys. There, Good for pro wrestling. Like, yeah, there's probably like three or four guys that I still just really want them to sign. Um, that young Bucks deal was great, but to even have them <laughs> in control that the NXT was in the running is a step up for everything, and it's a one year deal. I just love how they keep shutting the WWE. They are the dopest tag team of the last 10 years, and they're just like, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> We're going to keep wrestling in gyms and pulling numbers and putting on, you know, I mean, they put, they're a big reason, pro wrestling, gorilla. I mean, they, they are indie darlings for a reason. Yeah. They, they, and I think they're going to make the jump, though. They will. All their friends now are just but like. But they're going to get so big to where when they do make the jump, it might not even, that. it might not even be to NXT. It oh, might be. It might just roster? be. It might be. They, I, I think Triple H just loves. They just need to the tag team. They much. need tag teams. Yeah, but I think Triple H is just like I need them for a second. Yeah, like he he's at that point where he those are his guys. And, and, and you know, Owens was there for what three months, yeah. four months, and, 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 and then he was and gone. I, and he was I, too big. Yeah, I want to give credit. We were talking about tag teams. I, I'm not a fan of Triple H in ring. I think he's stale, uh, and it's not of his fault. He took a lot of injuries, but. The majority of his career, I never really enjoyed his work. I just, you know, repetitive and predictable and all that stuff. As a front office guy, as a, as a, as a, as a, however you want to, I don't know what his official title is. He's amazing. Um, and, and specifically what I wanted to touch on is the tag team division in NXT, the Dash and Dawson's, the Wilders, the, the, I don't even, I'm, I know I'm probably getting names mixed up uh, there, but Dash and Dawson, yeah, the, um, Jordan and Gable, Jordan Holy and Gable, crap. They're just they're incredible, and that's what you need. The, the because, whole ready, willing, and Gable moniker. Oh, the whole thing's great. That guy's but, a star. <laughs> but tag teams are great because number one, you get a partner to feed off of in your promos and all that stuff. You build 
characters that would have like Enzo and Cass that would have never come out otherwise. The visual nature of it, it's outstanding. The ability to put on different matches is outstanding. But more, become invested in their personalities. Yeah. So when they break up, and you don't break them up after a year or two, you did it like you did with the Shield, which was two. But that even that was a good run. You give years and you get people invested. And you, you push a division because it's really exciting and it's good to see him focusing on that because it can be special again. Just because, and the only reason it wasn't is because Vince and his 25 riders and his, you know, too many soups in the kitchen mentality ruined it. It just, you couldn't get any cohesion. And, and oh, Vince, break him up. Put him with yeah. him. No, dude. Tag team's a tag team. When you make it, you commit to it. You put a year behind it at least. At least you got to give it a chance. And unless you're brothers or related, yeah. like the Usos and all that shit. <laughs> or if you're everyone, not like Edge and Christian. Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, he'll break you up. Yep. But, I mean, it's, it's great to see what is. NXT is doing. It is. And, and they have the formula, man. They have the recipe. They, yep. they have what people want now. Yep. And they're not doing it perfectly. You know yeah. what I mean? But they're doing uh, more stuff right than I've ever seen in the Definitely. years I've come back watching since the uh, late 90s. I mean, we'll see how their women's division goes. <laughs> Because they mm. definitely just robbed the cupboard there. Yeah. Vince was like, oh, it's hot. Yeah. Let me not use them up here. Put Sasha yeah. on main yeah. event. And you, saw, and you saw that lack of cohesion with the stupid-ass names. And like, they're named this, and she's with this, and she gets team ta- uh, time. And the, the original four horsewomen were like, okay, well, what happened with that? Was that something you were trying to do? Like, there, there's no cohesion. It's like, oh, let's see this, and st- let's throw something and see if it sticks to the wall. No, that's not how you work in pro wrestling. To an extent, it is. Yeah. But... I feel like it's what I it's they become. Did that wrong. Yeah. I feel like it's what it's become. It, that like you just like oh it'll work out like New Day. No, New Day worked out because you hired talented people and they're just fed up and they were like whatever. Yeah, like a lot of people in, in many different jobs. And I, I think when we see that when they all, when they all get there, I think we see that four horsewoman moniker come maybe, back. Maybe. Because I, I think that's just something they. I don't did. think they're planning for shit. I just think they're just like yeah, it's cool. Like you said, it's hot. Yeah. You know, let's, wait, you need let's just take it up. You need to really build that. No, it's it's. I think it's the women are going to take control of that. And say, only you know, if, only if they get the platform, the ability to run lengthy matches, because that's what made them special. Yeah, you know. I think we see the first one at WrestleMania. Yeah. I think we see Sasha versus Charlotte. Yeah, and I think they're saving Sasha for that because the the pop for Sasha is huge. I hope so so. We want Sasha Chance and everything. Yeah, and I think we see a twenty minute Divas match that's going to be legit. Yeah. And hopefully that turns into Divas ladder matches and everything. Turns girls, into people not going getting pretzels. Yeah. These girls are going to play a Divas match, yeah. Because now they're going to have the budget. And yeah. that's what I love about these indie guys. Because they're like kids in a candy store. Yeah. As Training center, get, cameras, you know, entrances. they get to the main yeah. roster, they're just like, ooh, I get a hell in the cell? Yeah. And then they're like, Ambrose is like, yeah, hey, Seth, let's go and fight on the top of this shit and have yeah. candles. It's too bad they can't really do what they wanted because their imaginations could truly run wild. But, oh. You know. I mean that's you don't want to see them hurt themselves. Yeah, but TLC matches every. They're gonna push envelope. I will. And the women, especially, I think they really want that credibility. And when you see that female ladder match, and we saw the Iron Man match, and everything, it's just like, oh wait, women are doing yeah. different. Type Make of no matches. mistake about it. We won't see the full kind of incarnation of this until Vince dies. And I don't mean that morbidly. I don't mean to say that. It's just he is such a power hungry egotist and i don't mean that in a negative way it's a large part of what's made him so successful as a businessman and as a character and as an entertainer all these things he is successful because he is such an egotist yeah and he will never let someone have credit on a huge level like the changes triple h would make if he gave him day-to-day operations of the product because triple h would make vast changes almost overnight i'm sure uh ryback wouldn't be there yeah i mean i don't know i mean there's there's some guys that i just 
head scratchers. Yeah, like that. Mur- those Murphy guys that are tagged with Alexa Bliss. Like Blake and Murphy. Yeah, Blake and Murphy. Not like big Blake fans of them. I'm not big fans of them. There are some guys that I just feel like are like Triple H's lifting buddies. It Blake and Murphy and Ryback and some of those other guys. I get that feeling that they're just like, why are you there? Like, there's got to be a reason. Like, I mean, Blake. I, I I like the majority of the tag teams. They just Blake and Murphy aren't believable to me. They just they're just some big guys that Triple I mean, H pulled had, out, yeah. pulled out of a gold's gym and was like, Oh, you make a good superstar. I got you, kid. It's like, no, nah, dude, I mean, you gotta be good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but <laughs> we see that yeah. I know you probably didn't watch this season of Tough Enough. I didn't. Uh but now I love Breaking that, Ground. I love that Breaking Ground. Breaking Ground, ground is great. Breaking and Ground's no tough enough, guy, folks. <laughs> no, uh the guy who won that yeah. um is horrible. <laughs> like yeah. on the mic, it, it skills yeah. horrible. He just has the look. Anyone so they still who's do that every now and, then. <laughs> and they already have Baron Corbin, who's actually grown into a way better character. Yeah, well, you know, if you can just do something about his hairline. Corbin? Yeah. Nah, it's cool. What do you mean like a, cool, he man? Looks like a werewolf. Oh, you buddy. Lose a little bit on the oh, top. no. No, I don't. Are you okay? So you acknowledge that he's losing his hair? Yes. yes. Oh, okay. No, no, it's going back. But so you, so you think he that looks, looks like good? Mid transformation. <laughs> you think that looks? <laughs> yeah, transformation werewolf. werewolf. Yeah, like, I mean he kind of does. You can, I mean, if it's full, you're yeah. like too pretty boy. Then you get like the stupid yeti yeah, guy. Yeah, he like, just reminds. I mean, guy. you know that breaking ground show is good and it's bad. Like if he's going for his character, that's fine. But I think. I mean, it doesn't take a genius to figure out what kind of guy Baron Corbin is, and he doesn't seem like a particularly good employee. No. Like someone I would want to work with and put my life's – I mean, literally, like my hand, my life's in his hands. I mean, he seems a little entitled. Like, I came in your thing because I was an NFL player. Well, I think you still feel like that you should have some stuff because you were an NFL player to an extent. Um so I, I mean, I, it's, it's going to be interesting what happens. I think he has a look. I think he's great for 2015. I think he's got a cool move set. I think there's a lot of things to like His about. Finishers, dope. Yeah, there's a lot of things about Baron Corbin I like. But if your goal is to get into this and to be the WWE World Champion, I don't know if a guy like Baron Corbin is essentially going to be the guy you want leading your locker room. You know what I mean? No, yeah, no, no, no. He has a he has a ceiling that he's going to reach. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's Baron Corbin. Before we get out of here, though. We have to talk a little bit about boxing. We actually had a big boxing weekend um, last week. We saw the Timothy Bradley fight here in Vegas. Uh, me and Andreas was there. I'm not sure how he got sick between then and now. <laughs> That's exactly how he got sick. Yeah. <laughs> Going in the casino with all those dirty hands and dirty tourists bringing your East Coast germs over here. That's how it happened. Like smallpox? Every, every, yeah. Yeah, AIDS, smallpox, feline AIDS, cancer. <laughs> I got all those from hanging out in casinos. No, like seriously, I always get sick, though. During fight weeks, because I always forget and I like rub my eyes and I've been like touching railings and like, oh, I'm not a germaphobe, but those places, just, casinos are just filled just with cesspools. They're just everyone from the country is there <laughs> on a fight weekend. And then you got the, as, as, our, as Andreas likes to say, you get the urban loiterers yes. touching the railings and whatnot. Man, you do not know what you are putting into your eyes and ears and nose <laughs> and mouth. But yeah, Bra- so, Bradley and Rios did happen. Thomas and Mack. Thomas and Mack and uh, Good old UNLV. announced attendance was 7K. I didn't see more than 2,000 people in there, but <laughs> it is what it is. It was a super late arriving crowd, and I've seen more fans for a UNLV men's basketball game. Yeah. Well, there's um, a good following for those. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm just saying. That's not what you're aiming for. I never go because they're $40 a ticket. Hey, UNLV, $40 a ticket for a subpar college basketball team. Ryan, I don't mean to break this to yeah. you. You work for Yahoo. Like, yeah. 
is there a beat writer for the UNLV? Yeah, like, can you just I mean, get a credential? Maybe write I, one I, column I a week. <laughs> I'm not sure if anyone needs coverage on UNLV. I'm just so saying, like bad. a weekly no. column. Yeah, I mean, we should look into it. Maybe I I'll mean, get that. that might be enough I do, to get I a do, press credential. I, I do like basketball. I do know that Michael Jordan's better than Kobe Bryant. Something that you were somehow incapable of understanding. Debatable. Debatable. Um, yep, debatable in the same way that McDonald's is food. <laughs> uh, Bradley did beat Rios. Rios uh, yeah. came in super heavy, 170 pounds to that fight. And he looked super skinny all fight week when me and Andre saw him when we were doing the show last week. Yeah, he was. A, it didn't look like he was a pound over 140. He said he was eating whatever he wants and then came in, weighed in at 147, and the next night he was 170. That doesn't bode well for a fight. Bradley did what he had to do. Um, him and no, Teddy fighting Atlas. Tim, fighting Tim Bradley doesn't bode well for you. No. You know what I mean? Teddy Atlas seemed to have corrected some of the stuff that Bradley needed to be. Are you a fireman, Kel? So that was uh, so that was good. Yo, that rant in the corner. Yeah. Like, I had to see it after because obviously yeah, being right, at the right, fight, I was right. just like, what? And then when I saw it, I was like, man. Good for him. I could knock someone out right now. Yeah, right? Uh, get all pumped up and start swinging on random children in your house. Man, so now his next fight is <laughs> – his next fight has to be his biggest fight because you have Atlas for the entire training camp, not just seven weeks. Uh, he's coming off of a, a good win. They did 900,000 views, which is pretty good. Um, I, I mean, for Timothy Bradley. Yeah, it's outstanding. Yeah, I didn't I know mean, it did 900,000. 900K on HBO. Wow. So that's that's not bad. It's definitely good enough to have him be the B-side mm. on a pay-per-view card. Right, but is that what you were building him towards? I think they want him to be an A-side. They want him to be an A-side, right. Pacquiao's leaving. That's a massive loss if he's just a (laughs) B-side. Being a one-loss fighter to the greatest fighter of his generation, essentially undefeated. Um, Or wait, yeah, yeah. Because his only loss is to straight. He has a loss and a draw, correct? A yeah. loss to Pacquiao and a draw to uh, uh, who was that? Don't worry about it. You yeah. don't need to go look it up. It's oh, not, I was going to Google that. But yeah, yeah no, it's all good. But essentially, yeah, essentially he's undefeated um, and he's a B-side player with skills. He he's is. Just, he's just not likable. I don't think there's anything. I mean, he doesn't say anything that's particularly. He's just a very nice guy. Yeah. I guess. Like, he's a very nice guy, family man. If you had someone who was the opposite of that, it'd sell. Him How? versus Adrian Broner would sell, but mm. unfortunately, we have the Cold War in boxing, yeah. so they are not going to cross yeah. over. Do you think there's any part of it that is, like, people view it at, like his win over Pacquiao as a joke, so they just delegitimize him? They're just like, you know what? Whatever, Bradley. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw the 30 for 30 for Holyfield last night, the yeah. Chasing Tyson thing Which was on great. ESPN. It was amazing. And they did... A very similar thing to Holyfield, where it's like, yo, you beat these guys who's past their prime and everything. And then Bradley kind of got caught in the same warp. It's like, you beat Pacquiao. Not many people can say that. He didn't, though. And then, no, he did. No, like, but, I mean, not even the, close. But the win was the win. And people well, were just like, how Maybe you won? Went, nope. Right. That's what I'm saying. And then, but now forever. Right. So he can get better. And he can beat other good fighters. He's never going to shake that. People hate that. You know, and you saw it like John Jones is not a likable guy. Right. No. But when Daniel Cormier came out calling himself the real champ. Even people who didn't like John Jones were like, dude, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, it, mm, no, Daniel, shut up. Get off my TV. Because people know the like, eye he, test. Yeah, people don't want to be lied to necessarily. Right. They just, it's the same thing with the crowd in WWE. They want to be told who to like. Yeah. And when you just straight out come on straight blatant bullshit, like, I'm the champion of the world. John Jones gave his title up. No, John Jones hit a girl and broke her arm and then fled the scene. Got some stacks of money, left some weed in the car, and is just a general overall not great human being, which Hot is fine. Hot Cheetos and condoms. Right, which is fine. I mean, 
whatever that's your choice to not be a great human being you've got to live with that but to call yourself the world champion in a division that is run by the greatest fighter to ever live is just absurd it's as absurd as bradley i mean i don't think bradley's harped on that though to my own i haven't been he took it in stride right he hasn't been like i, mean, I beat pacquiao who beat pacquiao i beat pacquiao because no, he's so, seen the checks but right right but that but the decision was so bad and boxing fans are so hardcore that i just wonder how much of that win quote unquote win took away from his legitimate just to where like dude he we're just over you like i don't he, care what you do yo he's fine because yeah. his wife is a great manager you know yeah. how much he made for this fight last week i'm gonna talk 2. about money. 2 mil. yeah how much is she gonna make in 2018 that's if he's a b-side player his career is being wasted because he's got talent but if he just loses to pacquiao right. there yeah he's not getting any of these checks yeah. that would have been the end of the road he would just been another guy who lost to pacquiao the so controversial decision just because it's still a Gifted w to him by bob byron yep made him money more money than he would have made. I don't. I don't disagree it. with that. Victor Ortiz made a bunch of money off of Floyd Mayweather, and he's never going to be relevant again. Yeah, I mean, it. it just. I mean, money isn't everything. Lasting power, uh, you know, matters. And even with that rub from Pacquiao, um, the lasting power I don't think is there for uh, Bradley. And and, and, and it, he'll get a shot if you're listen. If you're the B side guy, it is what it is. But if you're the best B side guy available, you and you think you're better than that, yeah, you may now get the chance to prove it. What if he's the B-side against a Canelo? Yeah, and then he gets his win. And he moves up to 154, yeah. and you can actually beat him. Or even at 147, Terrence Crawford's supposed to be that next guy. Mm -hmm. What if you beat Crawford with Atlas? And then you've got I think those wins would stars. help him more to build him back up credibility-wise exactly. amongst the hardcore. But you've got to take Crawford. the B-side on stuff. Mm -hmm. And even maybe be the B-side on Amir Khan. Amir Khan mm. thinks he's the he's the shit and he wants to be a side fighter. Yeah. Beat up Amir Khan. See, I view Amir Khan a lot like Canelo and Cotto, uh, where it's just like, eh, yeah, it's almost, like, it's almost like a foregone conclusion. I like Canelo better than all of them, but yeah, yeah, so do I. Well, Canelo's he's the, the next future. star. Yeah, well, I think we if all, he knew English, yes. he'd, he'd be yeah, big and that's time. yeah, and that's a good point. And, and that's that's the key. I mean, for all purposes, that's why Triple G has gotten so popular and his knockouts so fast. He knows English. He's funny. He knows it's broken he English. Knows, yeah. He knows cute English. Yeah. I bring presents for everybody. <laughs> like It's the greatest shit ever. <laughs> like I hate to be a mark, but good God, when you go in there and you just like detonate nuclear bombs on people's heads and then go out and cut cute broken English promos <laughs> where you're like this. He's like so lovable. He's just like, so he, lovable. He like just in the most vicious though. way possible. <laughs> you're like, dude, I could totally like let you babysit my two-year-old. <laughs> like no problem my two-year-old would be a better child because of it yeah he's a he's a weird so, yeah I mean, canelo's hard to sell because yeah. he, he doesn't speak english to my knowledge he hasn't tried learning that much yet yeah i'm sure they're gonna put the battery in his back and get him when a rosetta life, stone when life is as good as it is for canelo alvarez you don't need english but you're a 25 year old <laughs> like could be megastar you yeah. see de la hoya de la hoya oh, knows the blueprint for sure like my man just learn a little bit of english get that stupid smile and then that's mm -hmm. it get an ounce of personality <laughs> that stupid smile right now get he, that fake ass plastic <laughs> hollywood smile that every <laughs> that's it and, and man that guy's golden but he, he hasn't done it yet, but he's still so young, 24, 25 years old. <laughs> Got plenty of time to do that shit. Yeah, he does. But he he right now has the all the mixing of ingredients yeah. to be the biggest star in boxing. Yeah. He yeah. could be that next Mexican Aggressive, star. Aggressive, fast, yeah, great just look. Crossover guy. He just needs to learn English. Mm. And then um, I, I don't know, though. I, it's really hurting the sales of this Canelo versus Cotto fight. How are the sales doing as far as live gate? It's not sold out? I don't believe it's sold out yet. Um, in Brooklyn? It's here. 
Oh, it's in Vegas? I thought it was in New York. No, nope, Mandalay Bay. Oh, okay. So in two weeks, Mandalay Bay. Oh. And what is sold out in Barclays, by the way? Let, that's, why I, that's, why I was, that's why I was struggling. What happened? Nope, but it's here. Let the insanity and the germs. <laughs> it's here, uh, and I think that's a little bit of a money grab. They thought they were going to be doing better. And yeah. Then, uh, state, no state tax. So, I mean, you put it in New York, you're getting hit with a lot of state taxes. Yeah. You put it in L.A. where maybe Cotto's fa- uh, Canelo's fan base is huge, state taxes. Put it in Vegas. And you just hope that they travel. Wild, wild west. Yeah, I'm telling you. And you just collect a bigger bank. But if you're not going to promote it, right. why are people going to travel the week before Thanksgiving? Yep. Why are people going to buy a $60 pay-per-view when you wedge it between Thanksgiving and buying groceries and Ronda Rousey, who is and arguably up, yeah. the biggest star in fighting there you right go. now? There you go. And upcoming Christmas. That's a very good point. Uh, it's it's uh, just sandwiched two weeks yeah. in between. I gotta buy all these groceries to cook yeah. for my entire family. And if you're gonna come to Vegas, when you want to come for New Year's and Christmas or something like that? Yeah, I don't know. it's just like, come on, I don't understand it. And oh, if well. anything, I watch Ronda for sixty dollars. Yeah, that, that's what people are thinking. Yeah. If I have to spend sixty in Maybe. two weeks, I, I, it's just a rough spot for them and no promotion. Yeah, the no promotions killer. Done like no interviews. Um, Andre said it last week on a podcast. I mean, he still is employed by Rock Nation, and he couldn't get an interview. That's crazy. With, with well, Kodo. it's my understanding Koto's not a big fan of interviews. He is not. Yeah. But that can't be the case when you're trying to promote a right. huge fight. You don't have Floyd anymore. <laughs> you, you, you have the A-side guy who doesn't speak English. Right. And you have another guy who is bringing, I, I guess, supposedly the best opponent for Canelo. Must hate, must hate making money. Yeah, it's just like they're allergic to it. Yeah, they, they kind of <laughs> just bombed on. You're right about Canelo, though. It's like if you could just sit down with him and be like, Canelo, hold in your right hand a stack of money. This is how much money you are making right now. Canelo, this is how much money. I mean, it's simple, man. Just like you said, get the stupid at, ass smile, learn some English and go out there and swoon people. You already got red hair. I'd be like, Canelo, ask your boss how he afforded all that lingerie. Yeah. And his uh, <laughs> illegal drug habit has go. ended him up in rehab a few times. Be got, charming, Canelo. That's it. That's how. You know how he got his money to afford all that shit, yeah. Canelo? Charming. He smiled and yeah. learned English. Charming. Rosetta Stone, my man. That's hi, all you need. Hi, white people. My, na- <laughs> my name's Canelo. And you I don't even got to speak English. great English. Speak Spanglish. Like we said, be cute. That's it. Be cute. Flash a smile. Flash. I got ginger hair. That's it. That's all he needs. He'd be seeing red right like my hair. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, it's it's just anything, man. Anything to give people a little something. And you're right about Golovkin. Dude's got an Apple, uh, Apple commercial. I saw. Yeah, that's wild. He, he's he's transcending off of a little bit of English and, and knockout a, power, and a lot of power. And he <laughs> a little bit, a little bit of English and a lot of power. Anyone near as good as Canelo's already faced. Yeah, Canelo already faced Mayweather, Lara, all this. His resume. Yeah. Is legit. Yeah, but when tri- when Triple G gets his big fights, they're gonna be like, like they're they're gonna be like presents on Christmas. Yeah, they're just gonna be like. I mean, I can't think of a more enticing. I mean, Everyone's obviously May, obviously Mayweather Triple G is like, but I mean, there's just so many possibilities. Ward and just, I mean, weight classes aside, that's the thing that just Ward drives, went up to duck. I know that's the yeah. thing that just drives me crazy about weight classes in boxing are the small differences. And I'm used to big differences, obviously, being more of an MMA guy. Yeah. Just watching these people battle over four pounds or whatever sometimes is just the most frustrating thing. The good thing about Triple G is that he's a small 160, so he can go down to 154. And even though he's now doing a lot of his stuff on HBO, he assigned to K1 which is kind of like being a free agent. So you can fight guys who are on 
the Al Heyman side of things if necessary, if right. the money's right. Or you can do the HBO stuff with Bob Arum if the money's right. You can go to either side you want, and there's nothing holding yeah, you back. He can, but... He can. Right. So How willing are the other people going to be when you've got a wrecking machine who is going to beat your no fighter? No one wants to fight him. No one <laughs> That's would the, you? It's the scariest fight yeah, in boxing right now. Oh, for sure. For no sure. one wants to fight him, but sooner or later they're going to have to. Everyone's going to have to fight everyone, presumably, at yeah. some point. Thurman's so, going to have to fight better people. Rigandow will. I mean, well, if people stop ducking him. Hopefully just, that Thurman fight gets signed for him yeah. versus Sean Porter, yeah. and it's the first step towards that. Yeah, and I, then hopefully PBC is around long enough to put up these fights for us because I mean, in theory, it's a great thing. Yeah, you know the, and, uh, the amount of fights. I mean, I'm turning on fights that I'm like, wait, what? There's a <laughs> fight. There's a fight tonight. I just assume there's a PBC fight now on every day. Yeah, I'm just like, like, oh, yeah, I'm, 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 cards I'm, well. yeah, I'm like, oh, it's six o'clock. I'm gonna go check and see what PBC <laughs> fights on right now. No, I mean they're they're doing great stuff. I think there's actually one this weekend that I'm covering. Yeah, see, there, there you go. <laughs> PBC fight. I didn't They're even know. Man. I might be covering a PBC so fight. You, this, you cover PB fight, PBC fights like I watch them. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> oh, all right, I, I guess I'll be there. Um, <laughs> once again, joined by Ryan McKinnell. Thank you so much for stepping in. For hey, the man, thank you. Very weak immune system, Andreas <laughs> Hale. Uh, I swear he has a doctor. I'm telling you, man. He just didn't. He just didn't. He just didn't want to hear Joe Budden's in the top five greatest MCs of all time. Oh that's, shit! That's, I'm hearing that next week. That's, I know that. that. That's what that's top five. He knew. He knew you were gonna say something insane, and he was like, "You know what? I know I'm gonna get the hashtag goddamn it, Kel. I don't um, know. Maybe you explained it pretty well. I mean, I I laughed at you, and then you were like, "Oh, well, these mixtapes," and he was open about himself and blah blah blah. No, no I'm just kidding. But you, you, you actually, you know, okay. Well, maybe I need to. There's go some back. sense to the madness. Oh, I. I I'll, I'll give you like a, a cool little rundown of Joe Budden songs to start okay. off with, like the okay. Joe Budden starter pack. Give the old guy the Joe Budden yeah. starter pack, <laughs> and we'll get you on that. <laughs> um, make sure you guys follow the podcast at the Corner LSN on Twitter, Instagram. You can follow me at Kel Dansby on every social media platform possible. Check out my IG to see my Halloween costume. If you haven't, the Big E costume and this show. This dude did a great. I mean, in theory, it's a great Halloween costume. I hung out. We hung out on Halloween. We were at the yes, Cosmo and kicked it a little bit, but you didn't do the full Big E shave up the side. Of I your head. mentioned that on last week. All because oh, I gotta have a normal haircut. I can't. It's like, dude, I'm looking at your hair right now. It's like the same as mine, which is like none. It's shaved. It's like a little. It's a little. See, this furry. is all I had though. It's a little furry. Yeah, you yeah. got a little fur. That's all I left. What's the difference between a real little fur and an epic Halloween costume? All you had to do was straight blade it. And if you would have taken it up to the top, you would have looked. You would have had the big E cut, but you didn't. It was just like a fade. I couldn't do it. No, you didn't do it. You wasted. You wasted a great. You oh wasted a great, a yeah, great that, Halloween that would have been horrible. My hair still wouldn't have recovered. Next, right now. next, next I Halloween. Been bald like you and Andre. Next Halloween, we're having a pro wrestling halloween party at someone's house so i can finally do akeem the african dream <laughs> for you guys can't see me but i am a gigantic large white man balding with a beard and i mean i am one man gang akeem but i just can't do <laughs> the jive right and marcus would make a great slick okay and, and, or you slick. i mean anyone could make a great slick i mean i'm not going to get a white guy and do blackface because i'm not getting stabbed but that's also another reason why i can't do akeem any other place than a pro wrestling themed house party where people know me because if I go down, you know, downtown Las Vegas in a dashiki jive walking and jive talking with my <laughs> African-American manager, I mean, it's liable to get violent. This is what we have to do. <laughs> this, this podcast will keep traction. We'll get rolling. We will we'll do a live to, podcast. <laughs> listen, we will have to get a sponsor for our wrestling Halloween party next year and do it at a club on the strip. Oh, my God. And have 
a pro wrestling theme Halloween party. Yeah, that'd be the best. I'm that'd telling be you. The and you then, there you go. You can fit right in. We need to have an so, annual pro wrestling. We need to start this. and 80s hip hop yeah. and pro yeah. wrestling. We need to do this. We need to start a tradition because, I, I mean, I'm kind of reserved to the fact that I'm gonna, I've am i been here eight years. I don't think I'm going anywhere as much as I hate the triple-digit summers and the fake boobies everywhere and some of the people. Yes, he hates the fake boobies everywhere. Yeah, correct? I do. I do. I, it's Which just I mean, you know, it's just not for me. It's Teach just it's a confidence thing. But let, let, that's an entirely different story. It's <laughs> an entirely different story. Getting, I just I just feel like, you know, we should start a tradition like that because I need an excuse to dress up uh, in stupid outfits where I don't feel like I'll get stabbed for being awesome. Well, because I'm listen, I, I, I look like a lot of dead wrestlers. I only have so many options, so I need to start utilizing that while I'm, you know, Correct. Here, and with my awesome beard and you know it's just it needs to happen it just needs to happen not wrong with that no so and, Mar- that and marcus needs to be slick <laughs> we got i this. mean damn it like this is we are i mean i'm, I'm just convinced like this episode of podcast dude, i mean like shit i'm slick l- listen man well i mean i mean uh, yeah i haven't really talked to marcus about that but Shout you're out to marcus yeah Vanderberg. yeah you're listening to every episode yeah my colleague at yahoo great right. dude um but i mean he would make a great slick we would make a great team if we did that we would get shared. We would be we would be viral video uh, viral sensations. Social media sensations. Good. Next year, I have yep. to be uh, Devon Dudley. No, well, uh, Brent Lawson, also friend of the podcast. Hey, will be here, and he wants to be Bubba Ray, and I already work. agreed. I will be Devon. He'll that be Bubba work. Ray, and we will be the Dudley boys. I like year. that. We need a full new day too. We need some. I think you can Andreas do new day. On me. Huh? <laughs> Andreas flaked on me. Yeah, Andreas. He man. needed the tr- trombone, the pants. Yes. Yeah, he wouldn't do it. He's too cool, man. The fake fro? Uh, Andreas too cool for the school. The fake fro with the little Andre- headband? Andre- I mean, you've seen Andreas. We're going to get it. Look at Andreas's Instagram. He's too cool. He wouldn't do that. <laughs> I'm challenging you, Andreas. Make yourself look bad. You can do it, homie. So once again, thanks for listening to this episode. <laughs> Andreas will be back next week in full health, and we'll make fun of him for always being sick. We'll Make get him fun some- of him? We'll get him some emergency or something. <laughs> there That's you go. We need an emergency sponsor on this show. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Until next week, we're out.